Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the second double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, what's up? We have a lot to talk about today, don't we? We'll, I guess, find out at some point. Once the plane arrives, I've followed a couple of people that are suggesting the private Colts jet is in Phoenix. I think it was probably there anyway, because the uh, Colts folks, including Jim Irsay, have been out there. Uh, But again, Adam Schefter earlier today reports that Shane Steichen is in line to sign things once he gets on the ground here and to become the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So there we are. As of right now, we'll find out stuff solidified, hopefully, before the end of this show. And I, I know a lot of people, and I try not to do that, but I know that it's tough. I tell you, I try not to do it, yet when I explain, for example, why I like C.J. Stroud sitting here right now, it's based upon one game. And I've told you that. And frankly, it's not fair. Not fair to Will Levis to base what I believe in him to be on a couple of games this past year. So I tell you not to do that, and then unfortunately I end up doing that. I tried really hard not to do that last night. Now, you're probably feeling pretty good about the outcome because normally, at least in past history in the Super Bowl, you put up those numbers and you're going to win the title. You're going to win it all. That's what happens when you put up those types of numbers. Especially when you keep in mind the Eagles gagged one up. As good as Jalen Hurts was last night, he dropped one, gave up a defensive score. That was just gifted. Here you go. Chiefs, by the way, still survive 38-35, but I want to get back to Steichen for a minute. I, there wasn't enough I could really take away from last night, and here's why. Because what the Eagles have, to me, is so profoundly different than what the Colts have offensively, when you think about it. You know, I talk about all the time, cobbling things together. It's like my 1800s word. Hey, let's cobble something together. Let's churn some butter. But what the next head coach, again, presumably, Shane Steichen is going to have to do 
along with his general manager, is cobble something together to his liking. Because if you take away last night and then you immediately say, hey, this is what's going to transfer. So last night after the first quarter, I said, hey, the Colts next head coach needs to have a first quarter just like that. That's exactly what I expect in week number one. Now, I was being sarcastic. Of course, nobody's sarcasm meter last night was on. And, of course, I get, well, they don't have the same players. Are they going to go out and get Jalen Hurts? Are they going to go out and get A.J. Brown? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, really? Okay. Well, the sarcasm meter was not on to some, but that is deeply understood. They have, for that offense, all the right players. Even in the loss last night. That loss last night was more about the defense, in particular in the second half of that Super Bowl, not getting a stop, not getting it done, than it was about the offense. Because Jalen Hurts in that offense is fantastic. I still will question this. And I hope that we can all understand that uh, just by the simple association with the former number 12. But... Whether we're talking about Josh Allen or whether we're talking about Jalen Hurts, those hits will come back to haunt you. I'm not suggesting they're not going to live up to expectations somehow, some way. You know, in Buffalo, win something more significant than the the AFC East, you know, get into the postseason. And for Hurts to ultimately win a Super Bowl, get back there and win it again. But man, those guys take an incredible amount of hits. So that's what I'm kind of curious about. And when the quarterback gets here, I mean, it's one thing if the Eagles have a great offensive line. And maybe that is something, because I think about Shane Steichen in terms of of cutting his teeth, if you will, another really bad cliche, Um, cutting his teeth when being around and helping coach up Phillip Rivers. I'm going to tell you, and maybe this doesn't mean a great deal to you, but offensively speaking, in the era of after Andrew Luck, that season was the most enjoyable. Remember, that's when everybody around here thought the offensive line was great. Collectively and individually, when you could probably look at the fact that it was snapped and it was gone from Phillip Rivers, I I do like that aspect. I I don't want whoever it is, the next quarterback, to have the absolute hell beat out of him. Well, it's a shortened career anyway. I mean, don't you want to win in that? Yeah, you want to win in the now, but I don't think you want to. I'll give you a great example. Josh Allen, uh, to me, takes way, way, way too many hits. And either it is by design of Ken Dorsey there, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, or it is by design from the quarterback calling his own number often. Most of the time that works, but man, does that it we we went through a moment too where it became extending the play around here to where holy crap, look how many hits this guy takes. I know that can be troublesome as well for Patrick Mahomes. 
This guy limped through it last night after Mr. Miyagi gave him the clap and the handwork at halftime, that 29-minute long halftime, which we'll get to coming up in a minute. But he's winning. He's already won a couple and winning in the now. I don't know if I want to be around here and and hopefully uh, once it is, again, presumably signed for Shane Steichen to become the next head coach and he comes on this show, I kind of want to know that philosophy. I do. It's weird. You get a lot of waiting on things around here. you got guys that are, I guess, reasonably ready to go and then you're going to have to start new at the quarterback position. It'd be great. Philadelphia's fun as hell to watch. Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I love the fact, and leadership comes in different packages. It is interesting to watch him do something well and then just kind of, he's got there that been there and done that thing. I do like that. In a world in which that doesn't happen anymore, and I'm not anti celebration i'm not anti-celebratory by any stretch of the imagination but there's always something to be said about like for example the late walter payton who would score a touchdown many touchdowns and this kind of you know throw the ball back most of the time i do like that that on the field leadership which it is abundantly clear who does lead that team out there and that certainly is him but i don't know if i want to see the next quarterback here Take a licking as much as we have seen in the past. And I mean, not last year, year before last, but uh, certainly with somebody, for example, that has an arm and is also mobile, not a running quarterback, which, you know, maybe that by design is what they want to look for. Maybe, maybe ultimately when they gather together here and figure out what they want to do at quarterback, they want somebody that, that runs around a little bit. Somebody like a Jalen Hurts. Maybe they want somebody with the escapability. And I'm not trying to say that C.J. Stroud is Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. I'm just going by what we saw last night. Somebody that can move around in the pocket but wants to throw it. Is not looking to run it. And runs are not designed. Ah, A lot of things I'm kind of curious regarding Shane Steichen when... I guess at some point here, relatively soon, we expect him to sign as the next head coach. And with that leakage from yesterday and a little bit of leakage over the weekend, again, presumably means the ending of the Jeff Saturday interim head coaching era. Not to mention a lot of other folks that not only had one interview, but maybe a couple of interviews. I've read here and there what people think about Shane Steichen. What do you? This good? I can sit here and tell you I, I don't I don't really know what to expect. And it's not like I'm disapproving because I'm very open minded and they go, okay, when he when he gets here, we'll see what he does. You can go a variety of ways. Well, look what he had, like I said last night. Look what he has on offense. And the Colts, the Colts don't have that. There's no doubt about it. You're talking about a team that went out in the draft a year ago and hard-targeted one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. That philosophy is well beyond what the 
current general manager has thought about doing in the first six years and going into year number seven here. That also is something I want to think about. That's also something I want to talk about. The philosophy of the general manager as it coincides with this, again, presumably first-year head coach. Chris Ballard said back in January, I don't know if he used the word adjustment or what. Maybe I just used that. But the adjusting of the philosophy, if you like what this guy does, I, I, listen, I don't know if Vince Lombardi could be brought back to life and then dropped in here and could coach this offense to do much more than it did. Especially with the quarterbacking job. So are they going to be more in the mind and in the eye of Shane Steichen Chris Ballard going to be more open in doing things. You imagine Mike Vrabel. I know everybody laughs. I bet Mike Vrabel barfed all over everything last night when A.J. Brown went up, scored that touchdown, went up and got that ball. See, that's a great thing. Great passes don't always look alike. Some great passes are fit into that so-called tight window with precision. Jalen Hurts just throws it up there and says, I'm going to let one of the best guys in the NFL that's catching passes today go get it. I'm going to put it in the area code, and he's going to go get it. That can also be viewed as a great pass. Just a little bit different than putting that thing absolutely on a dime. It wasn't so much on the dime. It was just in a spot where he knew his guy was going to be better than anybody else trying to go get it at that moment. That also can be viewed, described, defined as a great pass Colts have that right now they have the philosophy right now you know I will admit that the Eagles offensive line certainly helps them out a great deal that's kind of what not about age and things of that nature but as far as being a well put together very connected offensive line. That's kind of what we were supposed to have by now seen around here, and that wasn't the case. So I'm going to keep this an open mind. I'm going to keep this an open mind because on the other side of this is me wondering. And when I've said all along, yeah, the crusty guy, and we all kind of laugh at that, but there was some reasoning. There was some rationale behind it. You know, the crusty guy comes in here. It's kind of, to a degree, what Shaquille Leonard said on McAfee's show on Friday about he came in here, and I, I think basically what he was saying, things were soft. Now, he's a part of that, and he's supposed to be a team leader, so you could certainly step up and stomp out some of that softness, some of that lack of doing what you're supposed to do. And that was part of the story as to why you know, Jeff Saturday was hired in the first place. Because Jim Irsay believed in him. And then because Jim Irsay also trusted him to give him that intel of what was going on, what was really going on in that locker room. And they found out some things, as I've told you the past couple of weeks, that they really didn't like about it. Can a 37-year-old... Second youngest all-time within the Colts organization. That even goes back to Baltimore, but nobody around here cares about that. I agree. 
Can somebody that young get the attention of this group? Anybody? Because I also think that is part of it. But I am absolutely willing to give an open mind look and have an open conversation about Shane Steichen and what you think. What you think is the reality forthcoming. Let's face it. I, I talk a lot about must this and must that. Must win, giggle, giggle, ha, ha, must, must, must. But this is, this is a, this has to work. This can't be like Nate Bjorkgren. Hey, this guy's coming in from Toronto and he's got all these great offensive philosophies going. Oh my goodness, here we go. And can't be like that. I mean, this has got to be legit. You go for the better part of over a month searching for this. And he had to have known, right? Did he know and then nobody else had been told yet until they started to, again, allegedly, reportedly, telling folks, I guess, over the weekend because you don't want it to leak out? He know. We kind of wondered... If anybody over the course of round one or round two in these interviews knocked their socks off, I'm kind of curious as to what he might have done to do that. Full-scale conversation regarding, again, reportedly what is set to become the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Right on. Shane Steigen. Super Bowl 57 last night, won by the Kansas City Chiefs. What did I say? 31-28. That is such a lame, just, hey, whatever, 31-28. It was high scoring, though. It was high scoring, and I was digging that. I wanted the defense a couple of different times to go away. Here's how I viewed the Super Bowl last night. I was incredibly entertained by it all. Some of you out there believe me to be, at times, negative purposely. And you could not be further from the stinking truth. There is nobody that wants to be more positive than me. You want to know why? Because negativity wears you out. Right? And we all have to live these lives as a responsible adult. And you already have to deal with a bunch of negativity the way that it is. It just comes with the position of adult, a parent, of employee. So, I mean, you're getting knocked around all day long, and then, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn it on at 3 o'clock, and you're going to hear me for three hours whining about something. That's not good business. No, nobody wants to be more positive than me. It's just unfortunate with this football situation around here, there's not been much reason to be positive. So, again, open-mindedly, I'm watching the Super Bowl last night, and I don't go to any parties. We kind of do – we didn't really do anything last night. What we like to call a Super Bowl buffet, like I go get uh, the the banquet tables, which in Greene County are plastic with a plastic tablecloth flopped on it. That's our banquet table. So I get them, and we cover it up with just a buttload of food. Hey, you want this, Blake? Lanny, you want this? Yeah, let's go ahead and get in. We cover it all up with food. And Blake 
pops open a bag of Cheetos and eats it, and all the food lays out there forever. So that's basically what happens. So I don't go anywhere and watch the game, so I get a chance to kind of sit there and watch and take in everything. I thought last night was a fantastic presentation all the way around. I thought last night's game was incredibly entertaining. I wasn't let down by any of the commercials. Oh, but what about the Caddyshack when JMV? You had to hate that. That had to damage the reputation of just the 1980 classic, the original Caddyshack. You know what? In 1988, if Caddyshack 2 did not damage that reputation, then nothing will. And last night's commercial, I think it was Mick Ultra, wouldn't either. Commercials were all good. Uh, Rihanna, I was entertained by it. Like, I'm not going to play a bunch of those songs because it's this era when I go on 6 until midnight on B105.7. But I'm just looking to be entertained. It entertained me. You know, floating around out there on those platforms like that. I was entertained by it. I didn't find anything wrong with it. Here's the other thing, too. What many people are pointing to right now, the penalty, the holding call on Bradshaw, who, by the way, after the game said, yeah, you know what I did? I held. I was holding. That should be enough. That should be enough to tell everybody that, you know what? That flag was thrown accurately. It was. It was. Oh, that's just the NFL scripting it. Now, the NFL would script it if they let it go, right? If you see it right out there and you let it go, the guy that got flagged for the call, when's the last time that happened? The guy that got flagged for the call in, again, probably the biggest moment of the game, owned holding after the game. But that's not enough for everybody. Everybody's, oh, that's just wrong. (laughs) You can't call that right there. Well, the guy that just got called for it said, yeah, you know what? You can call it right there because I did hold. I did. They called it. You know what? That certainly foobarred the what we thought we were going to get as an end result, but that's the way that it is in competition. And you got to stop with the whole scripting bullcrap. Seriously. Seriously. Got to stop. I know we live in a world now where a lot of people believe absolutely everything they tell them. And unfortunately, I don't think it's all because you're dumb as hell. I think it's also because you want to. We all can't be that dumb. Oh, yeah, let's believe it. I mean, now I got to start thinking about UFOs. No, seriously, that flag easily could have been thrown right there and be justified. And then you got the ultimate justification after the game from the guy that was flagged on the call. So that's just the way it is. And that's the way that it was last night. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the commercials. I enjoyed the halftime. 
I know it's weird because normally we're on here going, oh, woe is us. We're whining. We're crying. Something. I'm complaining about this. You know what? I've got this inner thigh chafing going on, so I'm going to go ahead and whine and cry about this for three hours and make you guys miserable. I'm not trying to do that today because I thought last night was great. I really did enjoy it. That type of game was up my alley. I thought, uh, what, Burkhart and Olsen? And you know what? I know Greg Olson kind of fired everybody up about that holding call, but that's his job too. So what he's supposed to do. Is that what you saw? Yes. Okay. Then tell us what you saw. Give us your opinion about it. That's all anybody wants. I thought those guys were fantastic last night. Like I'm not a big hater of Tony Romo like everybody else is right now, but now I thought those guys were on the money. Well, what what somebody had sent me this, and I absolutely hate using this term. It's like I hate when I have to hear somebody say, "Don't ever say woke" to me because I just go, "Oh God, <laughs> please, <laughs> can you just call me, drop an f bomb on me or something, okay?" Because I want to hear that. And the other thing is, what are they gaslit? Greg Olson gaslit everybody last night in harping on being critical of that flag now nah, he didn't gaslight somebody see i gotta change this up now it's gonna mess me up with my education background he was doing his job that's what he felt in that moment and you know what i think most most of the football viewing universe agreed with it they all went oh yeah that shouldn't have been called there Hey, believe me, I'm not innocent in this. There's nobody that jumps on NBA calls and bad calls more than me. So I am right there with most of you. I just thought last night, yeah, okay, that's a hold. I think twice. Twice. I wonder had that, I think that landed in bounds, right? That pass. I wonder if that, if it had gone two yards further. I wonder if you get kind of the same call, but I guess it all is dependent on when it was thrown. But I, to me, to me, ultimately, you you can't give up seven to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes in the fashion in which the Eagles did. I mean, in the form of a pick six, or in in this case, Bolton on the scoop and score. You just you can't. You're already working against so much the way that it is. You can't have that happen. And it did. But I was enjoying it. Anybody else enjoy it? Did anybody else enjoy yesterday as much as me regarding the presentation of football? Now, mind you, I don't get on board. I saw Babyface, which is just incredible. What is he, 64 years old? Shout out to North Central grad, Indiana's own Babyface. God bless America. Awesome. Babyface's performance and Chris Stapleton. Was awesome last night, too. Seriously. I, I did not find anything wrong with anything. It's weird, too. Because I know I know nowadays everybody kind of goes looking for that. I wasn't looking for it last night. I just wanted to be entertained. And at the end of that game, I felt entertained. Now, I basically go door to door. I saw Babyface sing. Stapleton did the national anthem. They fired up the game. I watched until the end. I did not get... You know, all the uh, the interviews afterwards. I didn't hear Terry Bradshaw say, hey, Andy Reid, can you waddle over here? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. 
Hey, I just won the Super Bowl again. Terry, why don't you waddle over to me? How about that? Oh, yeah, one more thing. If there was one, and I mean one thing that I could be negative on last night, it was the field. But I choose not to do that. All right, well, the field is slippery. Go get bigger cleats. Go get better spikes. Problem solved. Problem solved. I don't know. Did anything happen? I know everybody wants to say, well, you know what? Really, it could have been bad. So we're basing on our enjoyment last night of the field. It could have been bad. It could have. Now, you adjust and you move on. I know it's supposed to be sparkling and perfect. How does the um, how does the field spray in the field like that? How does it cause the turf for the sod, or will they roll that thing in and roll that out at like eight hundred thousand dollars? That's how much that cost. I think for the past what week or so, they put that sod down, they've rolled it out. Got some sun and then rolled it back in. And rolled it out and got the sun and rolled it back in. I don't know. I need to get a sod master on, I guess. Where's Denny Smith? I need to ask Denny Smith about how that affects deeper in into the sod. Paint being on top of the grass like that. I don't know. I don't really care. And you probably don't either. It's just a thought. All right, quick break and we'll come back. Purdue no longer number one. They fall to number three. Northwestern over the Boilermakers yesterday. I know Purdue fans are mad about that. I will say this. Um, it's That is one thing, the one reason why a lot of Boilermaker fans are just, you, you kind of are sitting back and waiting for the bad stuff to happen. And I've told you before to enjoy it. Not yesterday, but just the season in general. But I know why that sort of thing worries you. It's two things here. It's the whistle for or against Edie, and it's a freshman backcourt that we have lauded all season long that hit a major bump in the road in Evanston yesterday. I do want to give a shout-out to Brooks Barnheiser, sophomore, uh, his dad and mom, friends of mine, Mark Barnheiser is the head coach at Lafayette Jeff. I think he only had six points, but had a couple of free throws in the final two and a half minutes and has played well, certainly recently. He is a tremendous kid, and it was good to see him have that success, and it's great to see him have that success, certainly the past couple of games coming off the bench for Chris Collins, Northwestern. Northwestern upset Purdue. We can hit that. IU a winner. Just grinding that thing out. Grind it. Those things play, too. Then you can figure it out some other time. But you didn't think happy thoughts if you're an IU fan, certainly in that first half. And then down the stretch, whether you want to point the finger at sound defense by IU or you want to point the finger at Jawan Howard could not X and O out of a wet paper sack Either for an IU fan works. It works. So we can hit that. The Pacers on Friday and Saturday lose. Not good at all against the Suns on Friday. And they follow that up by giving up in the second of a back-to-back on Saturday night. 80 points in the first half. 80. 80 points, I think, means that you are not from me to the ground floor here in the building downtown on the circle. 
between your man with the ball and yourself. That's ridiculous. 80? 80 to the Wizards. Pacers Jazz coming up later on tonight. We shall talk about that. Jay Query, top of the 4 o'clock hour. John McMullen is going to join us, SI writer for the Eagles. A little bit more regarding Shane Steichen. Again, presumably the next head coach of the Colts. 4.30, John's going to join us. Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. Got an interesting note regarding Shane Steichen was the uh, UNLV quarterback back in the middle 2000s. I think he played two seasons for Mike Sanford. That's Mike Sanford Sr., who went on to coach at Indiana State. And actually, Steichen was asked, I think he was he was some sort of an assistant on Louisville in 2010. That was his first venture as a head coach. I should say first venture as a coach on a staff. And Sanford got the gig in Terre Haute and asked Steichen to come along and Steichen declined, which to me should already be a huge flaw, but I'll overlook it. I'll overlook that just for the sake of trying to keep an open mind and your calls at 239-1070. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, thank you so much for joining us. you got to stream the app, HD Radio, me and you on the phones at 239-1070. Coming up, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Look at all those ding-dongs. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, this, that has zero to do with anything, but it makes me giggle, all right? So indulge me if you wouldn't mind. James is over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Of course, of course. I would love to watch the Foo Fighters be the halftime entertainment. But it doesn't always have to be about me. I didn't mind last night. I didn't mind last night at all. I thought it was impressive. I thought it was entertaining. I don't know. I couldn't tell. Sometimes I can't tell because, and James knows this now working with me for the past month, something that Kyle understood and Tony before him and all the way back to Matt Taylor is I don't hear very well. Now, sometimes that can be, depending upon the company, uh, it could be selective hearing. I'm really good at that. But sometimes I don't hear very well. Was um, Umbrella played last night? Yes, it was. Um, 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 I know that song a little bit. Can you tell? Because that sounded just like it. <laughs> that was a dead ringer for it right there. <laughs> JMV, gaslighting isn't in the curriculum at the Cool Academy. No. No. Flashlight is from Parliament. Parliament Funkadelic gets flashlight ing in there gaslighting is it no we don't do that i don't do gaslighting or woke or any of that stuff that is all silly to me then you can put that in your smipe and poke it jmv here's a pacer question for you what quarter will the pacers be down 20 points i say the second what it's been the first really it's recently it's been the first Jamie, the halftime show reminded me of the time many moons ago when I went to the Silken Lace and they had two pregnant dancers working on the pole. Come on, dude. Come on, man. First of all, I'm 
questioning your decision making going to the silk and lace back in the day, Don. Hey, JMV, the people that are pissed to the call of the Eagles fans or because it ruined the supposed suspense of a dramatic ending, I got news for you. Sometimes a hold is going to be called. You think, well, we got to follow the script here. So if, if the NFL scripts everything, like some of you folks out there that are very nice, but ultimately can't be misguided. If it's scripted, is that the script that you want? That's the script. Milk the clock all the way down to eight seconds and have Butker come out there and kick the game winner. That's your script. That's a bad script. Somebody better adjust your script. All right, 239-1070, and we await any sort of word whatsoever. Um, The bat signal from West 56th Street regarding the next head coach. And we'll see if that happens today. See if something happens coming up tomorrow. DW at 239-1070. Welcome to the show. What up? What up, Jay? How are you doing? I turned my mic off. My bad. What up with you, Jay? Good. I'm here. Go ahead, DW. Hey, man. Number one, that was a great game. When's the last time we seen a three-point game in the Super Bowl? Number one. Oh, I, I'm right there with you. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I caught yeah. myself maybe uh, enjoying it a little bit too much. Yeah. A uh, three-point game. Three-point yeah, game. Man, that, that, that was that was spectacular. Number one. Number two. Um, I probably like to get Jim hands off the daggone staff. Oh, Jim Irsay? Yeah, I doubt if he's going to have his hands on the staff yeah, there. I, mean, I need to get him off the staff, man. He needs to quit. Well, he, uh, he he's not on the staff. He actually owns the staff, DW. I know he does, <laughs> but I'm just saying, though. He he's the, he's the owner of the him. staff. He's the owner of the staff right there. So. Man, he needs to get his hands no, off of it. No, though. I get them do their job. I get what you're saying with that, DW, and hopefully that recognition has set in. Thank you for the call. Hopefully that has. I would agree with you on that. I do wholeheartedly and then i hope maybe there's a little bit of recognition from the general manager about okay look who you're bringing in here and look at the background of who you're bringing in and maybe some of your philosophies on how you have designed a team over the past six years can make a dramatic turn i'd be for that Hey, JMV, I got to concur with Biff. I know your fondness for Michigan, but we go every year to Saugatuck, South Haven. Yeah, I know. Pokoroba is trying to get me to go to Michigan for vacation. That's not happening. Who in the world goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on vacation. Where are you going? Michigan. Okay, great. <laughs> really? Wait a minute. Were they sold out of rooms in Cleveland? What are you doing going to Michigan? Uh, Don's at 239-1070. Don, welcome to the show. How you doing, boss? Don, hey, I uh, couldn't be better. Go ahead. 
Good kudos to IU. I think that's going to help them in the tournament, grinding one out like that. I agree. I agree. The the, the other side of the outcome is much worse. And I I didn't care really what happened to them in terms of – listen, same for Purdue. I mean, you you get in there, you get a win, and get to hell and get up out, and you'll figure that out later. That's what IU did on Saturday. And also, great game. I agree with you on that. Long time since I've enjoyed one. And the Colts are making a mistake, I assume. And they'll probably make another one by taking uh, is it Bryce Young out of Alabama. I believe he's going to be too small. And like Mel Kuyper said, he's going to have to gain a lot of weight and not manufactured weight. So I think they're probably I'm, – I'm glad to be a Stewart fan from the 70s because we didn't have a team back then, so I latched on to them. Because the Colts <laughs> are just disappointing me, boss. Don, thank you very much. Here's what I'm curious about. You just heard Don. Don kind of set up this substantial tease I'm about to present to you. So are you more, if you're in the negative category of Shane Steichen being hired, is it more because of what he has, hasn't done because he's not a former head coach? There's no background as being the head coach. Is there something else you don't like about him? Or are you completely sold that any decision the Colts are making is inaccurate? Just out of curiosity. Because I know that to be true. A lot of you out there to just say, hey, when's the last time they made a sound decision? And you are going to reserve any props of any decision made until you see the outcome, until you see the evidence of that decision. Yeah, I saw this, Alex, the Colts' private jet land. This is an hour ago from Colts' coverage. Landed in Phoenix a few minutes ago, which will bring Shane Steichen back to officially sign. Now, we'll say this. did they? Their plane was already out there, wasn't it, Alex? I mean, Jim Irsay was out there in a suite last night. So I'm assuming their plane was unless – I don't think they took Greyhound out there. They take the bus. I'm just curious. I thought it was they got both of them out there. But nah, it probably ends up being right. That's probably the deal. But I thought that they were already, I thought one plane was already out there. Now I'm going to have a thousand tail numbers tweeted at me coming up in a minute. All right, quick one. We'll come back. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Jake Query coming up at the top of the hour. More on Shane Steichen from somebody that has covered him covered him and the offense that he has designed and put together with the Eagles. John McMullen of SI, bottom of the four. Holder's going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Have you guys not been there before? It is great. You can listen just like you are right now. You can watch and see me these handsome chiseled features that clearly, if you watch the Super Bowl commercials last night, you see Alicia Silverstone. Once upon a time, she was so incredibly smitten at an IMS, taking a picture with me. Like, you can see why for yourself right now with these handsome, chiseled features. You can watch, you can listen, and you can also participate with a fine group of young folks inside the lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flatts guy. Got a cool soul patch. 
A lot he does. And a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hour two. Bottom of the hour. John McMullen covers the Eagles in Philly for SI. A little background on Shane Steichen. By the way, the fourth consecutive week for Trace Jackson Davis to be Big Ten Player of the Week. That's pretty impressive. Not the case? James Johnson, by the way, back with the Pacers. Pacers Jazz coming up later on tonight. We nice to see the Pacers get a win. Meantime, Super Bowl 57 to the Chiefs. We await any sort of official word from the Colts regarding their next head coach. Again, presumably Shane Steichen at some point in the not-so-distant future. Your calls and to discuss that point and more from the morning show. That's weekday mornings, Kevin and Query, 7 until 10 a.m. Jake Query joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So who is the Rihanna equivalent of the 1980s? Is it Janet Jackson? Probably a pretty good comparison, yeah. Um, I mean, the difference being Janet Jackson was obviously, I don't think Rihanna's done like television stuff, right? Um, no, nah, Rihanna would not have been on different strokes as Charlene. I mean, Paula Abdul, be, now, Rihanna's more talented yes. than Paula Abdul. Yes, yes, yeah, had, yes. I, um, I, yeah, Janet yeah. Jackson's probably a pretty good call. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say Pat Benatar, maybe, right? Female equivalent of the 80s. Pat Benatar, underrated, by the way. Oh, What's yeah. Like Olivia Newton-John of the 80s, maybe? What's that? Well, Olivia Newton-John, at one point, it wasn't a long window, but for about a three-year window from probably 78 to 81, I think Olivia Newton-John was arguably the biggest superstar on the planet. I guess Rihanna's. Yeah, right that's hey, that, you kind of just described Rihanna right there, didn't you? Yeah, I know, but, but the difference being Olivia Newton-John was, I mean, she had the number one song and was the star of a decade-level number one movie at the same time. But Rihanna's up there for sure. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to ask me, my favorite Benatar song? Did you ask me that? Yeah, yeah. Um, shadows of the Night. We're running with the Shadows of the Night. See, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. That's lame. So I will go with, if you were going to take that off the board, I would go with Love is a Battlefield. Oh, yeah. That's a good one right there, too. Great about, video. Invincible, right? Oh, yeah. That was from... Yeah, the legend of Billy Jean. The legend of Billy Jean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never saw the movie, but the song was good. (laughs) You didn't see it? Christian Slater's in that. I think he plays, I think his name in that was Binks. Beeks or Binks. Yeah, yeah. It It was a career starter for Christian Slater. Christian, yeah, Christian Slater in a career starter. The legend of Billy Jean. Fair enough. Maybe I'll check um, it out. I'll, I'll, next time on the Blockbuster, I'll rent it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it will be in the 25-cent category, I'm sure, That's right that. there. When I go to Video World in Bloomington, I'll skip the used-to-be-nude-in-film and get to that and pay two fifty for it for an overnight rental right. right there. Jake Query of the Morning Show is with us. I want to get to Shane Steichen and your thoughts on he being the next head coach of the Colts coming up in a minute. I, I said this. I didn't really find anything whatsoever wrong with the Super Bowl last night. I was entertained, and I enjoyed it all. I mean, from start to finish, really. That rarely has happened. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it was obviously, I think we knew going into it, it was a pretty much a dead-even matchup, and it turned out that way because I think, you know, Philadelphia really felt in control for the first half. 
Kansas City took control in the second half, and you could kind of feel it really felt like it was slipping away from Philadelphia and that they were kind of on their heels. But then, you know, offensively, they were really good. They come back and tie the game up. And then you could see, though, with about three minutes left, and this is what I thought was interesting. Kevin and I talked about it this morning. It almost felt like Philadelphia because, you know, obviously Philadelphia then was going to let them score. And Kansas City had the presence of mind of going down at the one and running the clock down to kick the field goal. It almost felt like before Philadelphia or before Kansas City realized that was in the cards, Philadelphia should have let them score anyway because you knew they were going to score. And with about three minutes left, all you had to do was look at the clock and the remaining timeouts and think, Philly's not getting the ball back. And, I mean, obviously they got it back for one yeah. play. But, you know, and in terms of the, the, the holding, the defensive holding, I thought it was the right call. I mean, I realize it's really yeah, it was. to get away with it. It was the right call. call yes. But, I mean, when he says, you know, when the guy who is the perpetrator admits that it was an obvious call, that it was an obvious call. And, I'll give and, the, and the argument's over. Probably. It should be over then, but uh, yeah. not according to Mike Greenberg. So that's where we all, we all line up behind that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute here. How can that be called? You screwed up a great ending. See, and that's what's funny. Everybody wants to bring up the NFL is scripted, and then you get all these knuckleheads believing that. Uh, there wouldn't be anything more scripted than not calling something because you want a great ending. Again, if you really scripted it, that's probably not the ending that you would want in your script. That would be left on the cutting room floor, right, last hey, night? He, let me ask you this. Yes. I am too dumb a guy to be able to figure out how to, like, manipulate screen grabs and Twitter and stuff like that. Did you see the guy that tweeted out? And by all accounts, I think it's real. The NFL, it might have been like NFL on Fox, at the beginning of the year, said, like, we're nine months from Super Bowl 57 or whatever number Super Bowl this was this year. Uh, who do you think is going to be in it? And this guy on, like, October 13th, so I guess it would have been four months, whatever, his reply said, it's going to be Philadelphia and Kansas City, and Kansas City's going to win on a last-second field goal after a controversial pass interference call. 38-35, and he had the score. Right. Now, could that be real? Or can people go in and, like, somehow doctor? But I went back and looked because I'm so lame, I found the original tweet that was asking the question and rolled through the replies, and it was there. That's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I yeah, realized it was. Yeah, that I is. I realized it was defensive holding and not pass interference, but still. Like, how, how does somebody nail it that closely? Do you think that that's just somebody that maybe, do they walk among us here where some people maybe I, live a couple of months ahead of us, unbeknownst I mean, to us? Seriously, getting into conspiracy theories here out the wazoo. Still, like I'm telling you, yeah. Th this guy, okay, this was on October 27th, 2022. The NFL itself said, "Give us your early Super Bowl prediction," and he replied, "Eagles versus Chiefs. Chiefs win on a controversial roughing the passer." that puts the Chiefs in field goal range to win 38-35 on a game-winning field goal. 
That's Elon Musk's burner account right there, isn't it? That's what it is. He sent it at October 27th, 2022 at 10.26 a.m. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, there's uh, who knows. I mean, it, it, listen, I guess you could Does guess. Roddy Roddy Piper have to put on sunglasses <laughs> to find out if that guy's an alien? <laughs> well, I mean, we got UFOs. Uh, you're thinking That's about right, right now, are we going to go through another uh, renaissance of UFOs like he did in the 70s? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm I, down. I am down for that. Seriously. I think, but again, I go back to everybody's got a video camera in their pocket, and until the Chinese space balloon, nobody even had any even conversation of a UFO. And then U2 comes out with that commercial yesterday that looked like the Chinese space balloon, and I just thought, what in the hell is going on here? Yeah. I love it. It's like, I love the episode of the Brady Bunch where Greg faked the UFO in the backyard. Uh, Fooling Bobby and Peter. That was All awesome. The whistle and the flashlight, right? And then Marsha rats them out. Oh. Before you know the Navy sending over officials that are flirting with Alice. Hell yeah. Yeah, and here's what the, the greatness about that episode uh, sometimes get lost a little bit because he had, you know, when you cut yourself shaving, you put that piece of toilet paper on it to yep. get the, he wore that. <laughs> he had that around his lip the entire episode. Who's done that? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Brian Evans, did you hear that last week? Brian Evans sent me a uh, cameo video from Barry Williams. Yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. When I was in high school on WJEL, your Panther Sports Connection on Thursday nights on the Jake and Adam show with Adam Alexander, we did an entire segment of Brady Bunch trivia. Fabulous. I would just, I would, I would rain. I would rain all over that. Woo. When Greg Brady had to deliver prints, he got a temporary job for Mike delivering architecture prints, and he had to deliver them because he was trying to save up for a car that he'd seen in a magazine. Yeah, He he lost the prints, but they were supposed to go to an office building at what intersection? Oh, well, man. I don't know that. 12th and Sunset. That's a good one right there. Is What's that the, the one? Is that, that where he lost? Bobby? He lost those. Um, it went went down the, uh, the drain, too, right? The, uh, Correct. Yeah. Not to be confused. Okay, on what Kings Island ride <laughs> did Jan lose the prints for Mike? Oh, uh, that was the um, that was in a canoe, wasn't it? That is correct. Yeah, the the island of the canoe ride. That is yeah, correct. The yeah. canoe ride. Can you imagine how boring the canoe ride might be now compared to Actually, the inside the canoe? They did away with the canoe ride, unfortunately. <laughs> but but if. Plum and Marine McCormick were canoeing around. I yeah. would have gladly gone, hopped in one of those antique cars and chased them down. Jay Query joins us. John McMullen, Bob of the Hour SI, is going to explain a little bit more what we, I guess, don't know a great deal of regarding Shane Steichen, who presumably is going to become the next head coach of the Colts. On the surface, what do you think about that? Because I, I, I look at it this way. I'm going to try to be as open-minded as possible because there is just so little to know. And it really is kind of like me and my opinion on C.J. Stroud. I like C.J. Stroud. I want him to be the quarterback here by virtue of a Georgia game. With Shane Steichen, everybody probably latched onto that last night watching the way that Eagles team put up points. Maybe it's the body of work this season, but there's not a lot out there. Why Why would you be down with this particular hire over anything else? A couple of things here. Number one, his body of work is such that he has worked with numerous quarterbacks. You know, he he had success with Phillip Rivers, J. 
Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, those guys all have different styles. And clearly he was able to figure out a style that worked with the respective quarterback. So that right there gives them, I think, flexibility in terms of what quarterback they're going to end up with. And number two, he has a previous relationship with Gus Bradley. And when the reports came out that the Colts were going to block Gus Bradley from moving on because there were coaches that had interest in retaining him, that tells me that Gus Bradley probably that, that Steichen would like for him to be here. So you have somebody that's a veteran in the building that, that probably gives you some stability. But I do just like John having a younger guy that is an offensive mind that is a little bit innovative. And that's not to say, you know, we don't know how much of Philadelphia's offensive success is directly him, how much of that Sirianni, you know, how much of that might be traced back to Doug Peterson, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. But all of that said, you know, I think that having a young guy that's aggressive certainly is of intrigue and is of excitement. Now, let's also be real here in the fact that, as I've always said, it's as much about the Jimmys and Joes as the Nexus and O's. And you got to have playmakers. And I know Jonathan Taylor's a dynamic open space guy, but you got to get him an open space. And you've got, he has to be looking at the Colts roster saying, okay, you know, I don't have Smith Rivera and AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts on this roster. So they've got to find some space and some athletes to get out in space for them. But I think that you got to start somewhere, and it's a good starting point. So Jay Query, the morning show, Kevin and Query. That's weekday mornings here on The Fan from 7 until 10 a.m. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So when you saw the reports over the weekend that, indeed, Chris Ballard was going to make the final choice and not Jim Irsay, did that excite you, or did you think about that in a negative? I would say actually probably neutral on that, and that's not to avoid the question or the answer, but rather to simply say this, and that is that, you know, we don't know. Obviously, if it's Jane Steichen, that would indicate that it was Chris Ballard's call, but he may well have sold Jim Mercer, and then Jim Mercer makes that decision. But I don't know if I'd say it's good or bad as much as if, in fact, let's just say that they come out and they say, hey, listen, this was absolutely Chris Ballard's call 100%. I think that's good because whether or not you trust Ballard to be the guy making all of those decisions, the reality is, as the team general manager, that's what he's hired to do. And I think that we saw last year what happens when Jim Jim Irsay gets a little too involved. And so to have a clear chain of command where people are allowed to execute what it is that their job description says they're supposed to do, is a positive. And so in that regard, I would say it would be good if that's the case. So do you think Jeff Saturday goes the Peyton Manning route and basically whacks almost everything, not all, but a lot of things, Indianapolis, from the hand that he was dealt as a player when he was cut loose by this? you think Jeff Saturday has a similar reaction on feeling the way that he was dealt with, especially from a fan base sort of thing? I wouldn't blame him. If that was the situation and that was his reaction, I think he was, he's a guy with a lot of pride. I think that he, I I truly believe that Jeff Saturday in terms of his interim time here was given a different parameter of expectation and request than simply wins and losses, but where he aired 
is that he himself basically said it's going to come down to wins and losses. And that's obviously there weren't enough of the former and too many of the latter. But it wouldn't surprise me if Jim Mercer makes an overture for him. And you tell me, John, you know this stuff as well as anybody. Would it surprise you if Jim Mercer still tries to keep him in some sort of an advisory or front office role? It would now. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I take that back. I take that back. No, that's a nice question you ask. I'll answer with that wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me if he would accept a role yeah. like that. Yes. I would agree right. with that. I would yeah. agree with that. Now, I've had people say to me, is it possible that Jeff Saturday requested to Jim Mercer to be taken out of the running? And my answer to that would be no. I don't think that's the case. I think he really wanted the job. And I think that the more he went along, he really wanted the job. I would bet deep down inside, we may never find this out, but I would I would fair a bet that he thought he had it. And I wonder when he realized that he didn't. I mean, I, I, I talked about him, and then McAfee kind of took off with the last week, a, a rumor that I'd heard that, you know, it had been like two weeks ago is when, maybe a week and a half ago, he found out that he was no longer in the running. I wonder when he, when actually it was, when he found out that, you know, something that he probably throughout thought he was going to get a chance to prove even further as the head coach. I wonder when that officially went away. I think probably pretty early because he was pretty aggressive in trying to lobby his case to people early on. And I don't know that you would do that unless you thought it was slipping from between your fingers. But the longer it went on, the more I would think that he realized his chances were becoming further and further away, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, especially with how – they're just it was getting more and more difficult to imagine that they were going to go the length of time that they did with the number of people that they talked to and then circle right back to where they started it's just you could kind of see that that was coming now stranger thing to happen though man i mean hell who knows tomorrow if all of a sudden i'm pulling up to get something to eat at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I get an alert. Jeff Satter is the name of the head coach. I mean, my God. I mean, John, you and I think about it, man. I've been calling an IndyCar race when all of a sudden Andrew Luck retires. I've been yeah. sitting at a, I've been sitting at Torreon's basketball game when Josh McDaniels pulls his name out of the running. I mean, covering this franchise, man, it's all over the place. You feel good about it. Cause I mean, when, when you think Grigson, Reich, Wentz, and now Steichen. You think? I mean, because the the Eagles have have graced us all um, with uh, a high level of of greatness from their organization to this one here. What do you think about this one? This is going to be the the best we have seen in relation to former Eagles presence in the house here in Indy. You know, you got to wonder if Shane Steichen doesn't think to himself, "Wait a minute." I'm going to work for the general manager and the owner that handpicked Carson Wentz that was going to be the backup <laughs> to the guy that just took us to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wait a minute. Right? I got to get this laugh out of my system really quick. Yeah. Put, put all the yeah. eggs in that basket. We saw how that worked out. Uh, you know, yeah, I, it, you know, and it, there's obviously a level of fascination over the fact, you know, the offensive coordinator game bouncing back between the two franchises, just back and forth. And Reich and Sirianni, and and now this, um, and hell, you, like you mentioned, Ryan Grigson came from there as well. I mean, but the NFL is an incestuous world, man. It's a it's a small world, and 
there are only 32 of them, right? And so you're going to have a lot of cross-pollination. But I do like it. I, I do, for whatever reason, you know, just reading about him. I don't know Shane Steichen, but in reading about him and just some of the things that I also saw just in Philadelphia that his, that his wife philanthropically does for kids and stuff, I, I hope it works out. I hope it's a good hire. I hope it is. A, I mean, I hope that is the official hire. And, you know, curious to see what happens from there. I'm assuming, too, right now, if you want to compare the two, well, this is just eyeballing it, that, that Steichen probably is carrying more clout now than Sirianni did a couple of years ago when he got the gig in Philly, right? I think that's probably accurate, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you would think also in this negotiation, I mean, especially now, Steichen's got all the leverage, man. I mean, coming off the McDaniels situation – I realize they didn't win the Super Bowl, but he's coming off the Super Bowl. The word is out that he's the guy. And if I'm a Shane Sykin or his agent, and you know Kevin was pointing out this morning, I think his agent is the same as Chris Ballard's, but if I'm Shane Sykin, I'm saying, hey, look, it's already out there in the, in the entire world that I'm your guy and I'm your pick. And how much egg did you have on your face in the McDaniels situation? You don't want to go through that again, right? So... Let's talk money. And I would milk that bad boy for all it's worth. Purdue fans, I got to go really quick, but I want to ask you this. Do Purdue fans have a reason to be a bit concerned? And on the other side, do IU fans, can can you get too excited about the way that they played? And they've won games here recently in a variety of fashions. And that was a grinder. Certainly they survived in Ann Arbor on Saturday night. The two programs, your thoughts? Uh, every team goes through a period of the year where you hit a bump in the road. Indiana, obviously, corrected from theirs and has things going in the right direction. And Purdue kind of feels like they're in it right now. And if you're a Purdue fan, you simply hope that they also get it corrected and then they go on a nice run. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to do that. But they're going to have to get more consistent and mature play out of their guards, which we knew was going to be a point this year where that was going to come into play. And those guys got to find a little more consistency again. And if they recapture it, you're right back to where you were with Purdue as being one of the best teams in college basketball. And by the way, Butler, a big win over Xavier on Friday night. That was a a good deal. Hey, hey, by the way, here's something regarding Steichen. Steichen, uh, I guess, reportedly turned down an opportunity to join the Indiana State coaching staff back around 2014. He decided to stay with the Chargers or go to the Chargers instead. So I'm, I'm going to have to hold him accountable for that decision. Yeah, you should. You should question him heavily on that. Like, look, what? man. Come on, man. Why would you possibly bypass a chance to live in Terre Haute as an assistant college football coach at the Division II level just to go and become an NFL coach eight years later? I'm already questioning your decision-making right here. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) All right, buddy. Tomorrow morning, 7 until 10 a.m., Kevin and Query here on The Fan. And Jay Query's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Thanks, brother. All right, John. We'll talk to you. Jay Query on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Your calls if you're on hold. Stephen Holder in the 5. I've got some anything goes in the 6 o'clock hour for you, too. And on the other side, John McMullen of SI is going to join us. A little bit more about Shane Steichen, the expectation, and more. We'll do that for you next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal and 107.5, The Fan. Jazz Pacers tonight. I'm going to help get you there, too. After six, we'll do a little Anything Goes for you. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com, coming up at the top of the hour. The presumed next head coach of the Colts, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. That, and I'm certain about Super Bowl 57. And joining us now, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. A variety of things, including Fan Nation, SI Now, post-game show with ABC, the affiliated station in Philly, 97.3 ESPN. And he also has, and I love this, DM me with your tips. John McMullen joins us, who covers the Eagles on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. John, to open, if I were to put tips, DM me, I would open up every single day to, here's a tip for you, go do something else because you suck at this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get a few of those, but occasionally you get some good information. So you get a shot. Yeah. I got thick skin. You gotta, you no, gotta no, there's no doubt about it. That's, I, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of fun with it. There's, there's no doubt about that. All right, I know it's not officially a day later yet, but how are you, you feeling after last night sitting here talking to me? Uh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing for the Eagles, obviously, and I, I thought they were the better team, and they didn't finish it. So it's one of those things where, you know, you have this chance, and you always have that small window to sort of stamp your legacy. And, you know, I think it turns into a footnote in a little ways because Patrick Mahomes did a phenomenal job in the second half. Andy Reid, who I know very well and is a, obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. I mean, anytime you have – that quarterback and that coach, it's going to be a difficult uh, ride. But the Eagles looked like they had control of the game at halftime. And, you know, maybe it was the extended halftime, Rihanna, the 12 songs, you, you have the extra time. But they were not the same team after uh, when they came out in the third quarter. Is there, um, I'm, I'm, you know, in Philly comes blame regardless of the stage here, and obviously on the biggest one. Is that blame going to the defensive side after that second half? Yeah, probably. I, I, I mean, people, Jonathan Gannon uh, was not popular for the large majority of time he's been in Philly. It's only been two years, but he's done a very good job statistically. That's the number two defense in the NFL this year, but Philadelphia fans are, you know, brought up from the Buddy Ryan era, the Jim Johnson era. They like aggression. They like blitzing and the Eagles now play like a lot of teams in this league. They play the big Fangio style of defense, which is more passive. So the city as a whole just doesn't like it, um, whether it's successful or not. But I can say the worst thing, the only worst thing, the Eagles obviously played, very poorly defensively. They gave up four scoring drives, and, and Kansas City only had four drives in the second half. You can't get much worse than that, but the only way to assure yourself that you're going to lose to Patrick Holmes is blitz him. Just look at his numbers with the blitz. I mean, that's you're just, you're just planning to lose the game if you do that. 
So John McMullen joins us. He covers from a, a variety of outlets the Philadelphia Eagles. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So again, we're presuming here that Shane Steichen is on his way to town to officially sign his contract to become the next head coach here of the Indianapolis Colts. Assuming that is going to be the case, I'm curious what you would tell folks around here they're getting that may not know more than basically what they saw as far as offensive productivity in last night's Super Bowl. Um, One of the best young play callers in the NFL, uh, a really smart, really intuitive guy. He, He really... Now, part of it is the Eagles and their talent level. They have tremendous offensive line. They have great receivers. Uh, <laughs> Ten of their 11 starters were either all pros, pro bowlers, or, or at least pro bowl alternates. So there's significant talent on that team, and that obviously helps. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, the, the leap he made from year two to year three in his career was just astronomical. And Shane Steichen's a big part of that. Uh, it's the first time Jalen's had the same play caller for – uh, since he was in high school with his father, so um, that helped. Uh, but he, he's he's really a, a smart, intuitive guy who takes advantage of what the opposing defense is going to do. So he's not one of those guys that's going to pound the square peg the whole time. If you're trying to take away AJ Brown, he's going to run the ball. If you're trying to stop the run, he's going to he's going to test you uh, down the field. So. Um, He's, I, I think people in Indianapolis are going to be very happy with him as a play caller. Now, you know, one of the issues, and I asked Shane this when he was getting interviews, you know, does he plan on calling plays? Because a head coaching job is a big job. And Nick Sirianni came into it the same way. He was going to call plays. And he found out early in his uh, tenure that this job's too big for that. And, and Shane wants to call plays. He likes to call plays. So, you have to keep an eye on that when it comes to game management and all the other things a head coach has to do. John McMullins is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I know this is always kind of a tough call, just covering them and all, but do you feel that he is ready for this first-time jump as a head coach in the NFL? Well, he's only 37, so you know. but a lot of people, you know, when Nick came in here, he was only 40. Um, and, and people question him because Shane was, uh, you know, one of his coordinators. Even younger, Jonathan Gannon was 39. Michael Clay, the special teams close coach, was the youngest coordinator in the NFL. They had the youngest position coach, on and on and on. And they've done a tremendous job. So there's ways to get sort of sounding boards with veteran coaches. You know, Shane's obviously very close with Nick. Uh, Mike McCoy, people like that who can give him advice along the way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's ready uh, to be a head coach in this league. And um, this staff has been, you know, one of the best staffs in the NFL. Jonathan Gannon is probably going to get the Arizona job. That's what happens when you have success. People start to pick uh, apart your coaching staff, and that's kind of what's happening to the Eagles right now. 
So John McMullen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline regarding Shane Steichen and his thoughts and covering the Eagles over the years and certainly the years here recently where uh, the, again, presumable next head coach of the Colts uh, will be as a first-time head coach here. He was the OC uh, this past season, obviously, with the Eagles, a Super Bowl year. You brought this up a little bit earlier. In, In closing with you, um, there no doubt the personnel offensively is drastically different from the Eagles compared to what's yeah. going on here right now. Some have described Shane Steichen as being versatile, meaning he doesn't necessarily have to have that type of quarterback, you know, the RPO type of guy in, in, in Jalen Hurts. He can work with anything, you know, again, describing that versatility. Is that something that – you either have seen, you recognize, or believe, if you haven't, that he can do in a different coaching situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shane's more, probably even more comfortable. I mean, both Nick Sirianni and, and Shane Steichen love Philip Rivers, which you guys uh, you guys are very uh, uh, aware of right. and what Philip and how smart he was and what type of player he was when he was in, in Indianapolis. Obviously, he's not running RPOs, so... Um, he's actually more comfortable with a quarterback like that. And, and I think the fact that he was able to be malleable and build an offense around Jalen Hurts, sort of the, the new school RPO dual threat quarterback, kind of tells you, yeah, he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to take advantage of, of what he has, particularly at the quarterback position. But um, that's, I think, one of his strengths uh, as a coach. And I, I will warn you, for, for people in Indianapolis, he's not going to give you anything on the podium. But behind the scenes, for the guys who cover the team, uh, they're going to love him. They're going to love him because he's very honest behind the scenes. So, in what example, he's just going to be kind of very vanilla, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's going to be very generic, very okay. vanilla, not one in, on the podium. But And and I know you're going to – you mentioned Stephen Holder when I was on hold. Yeah. You know, Stephen's going to love him. <laughs> I guarantee it. John McMullen right there. Again, SI Now, uh, Channel 6, the ABC affiliate in Philly, 97.3 ESPN. Fan Nation and more. Uh, John has covered the Eagles. And kind enough to join us after the uh, Super Bowl 57 situation of last night. At least you were there, and it's not a four-win, one-tie team you're covering right now. (laughs) No, well, you know, I I was kind of getting – it was a grind. Yeah. Kind of, kind of hoping it's over. So it finally is. A, a little bit of a rest. John, I appreciate the information from you more than you know. And uh, maybe we'll look down the road and see what's up again soon, especially if uh, some bits and pieces from Philly end up transitioning over to yeah. Indy with uh, Shane Steichen yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, look for, uh, real quick, look for Kevin Petullo and Roy Isvan. Those are two guys that are potentials uh to go to Indianapolis with him. So and, Kevin's uh, the passing game coordinator. Yep. Roy's the assistant offensive line coach. And Petula was here and came from here with with uh Seriani, I believe, yeah, a couple of years exactly. ago. Too, so yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, thanks. John, thank you. John McMullen there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. We'll see. Nothing set in stone just yet. But we're gonna follow it like hell for you right here. Man, no doubt about that. I think I may have missed this. James Johnson for the Pacers is a guy that uh, kind of you know, led by example on the bench, the veteran player that was waived last week when that deal went down, for example, with Jordan Mora. 
and such. Uh, he has been uh, re-signed by the Pacers today, in case you're wondering. Jazz Pacers coming up later on tonight. Pre-game show begins at 6.30. That tip time is at 7 o'clock. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com. Top of the hour in a holding pattern regarding who is going to be the next head coach of the Colts. Again, the reports out there is it's going to be Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, and that he is either on a plane or already back on the private jet to make things wholly official with the Colts. We'll follow that story and more coming up in your calls at 239-1070. And Jason Aldean tickets, the back-to-back country music high-level performers. I've got a pair of tickets for you. Jason Aldean, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Not now. But coming up in September, your chance to win those tickets when you hear a Jason Aldean re-entry, that's going to be your cue to call. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James is here. Eddie's here writing stuff on the dry erase board. My name is John. I'm just kind of hanging out with you. It's all good. Uh, Jim McCann in Southern California. I mentioned this to Jake Query last hour. I should say, check that. Earlier this hour, I asked him the equivalent in the 80s of Rihanna. Jim McCann says Whitney Houston. What did I say? Like Pat Benatar or Olivia Newton-John, something like that, I guess. I enjoyed everything last night. I did. I, I, I know that you're not used to hearing that and certainly not used to hearing that all the way around. Somebody always has an issue with something. I had zero issue with anything, including the field. No issue whatsoever. Thought the holding call was accurate. All of it. Halftime show, entertained. Commercials, I was entertained. All of it. Shane Steichen, nothing just yet. We await any sort of solidified word that he will indeed become the next head coach of the Colts. Ooh, I see that. Metallica right there. Well done. Well done, Sarah. Hey, Jerome's at 239-1070. Jerome, jump on the show. How are you? Hello, Jerome. Going once, going twice, Jerome. Oh, he was on hold for so long. Liquor Man James, Jerome wasn't there. That means you got to step up. Are you ready? I'm here with you, JMV. How we doing? Great, brother. What's happening? Well, quick uh, shout out to all the lounge nerds in there today. Sean, <laughs> Peaches. We're all keeping it live. I love it in there, too. The conversation so- is a little bit different than it is on the air, than it is inside the lounge. I would I would tell everybody to make that adjustment and make sure you're in there participating. It's a hell of a time. And absolutely be ready. It's explicit content. There so. could be some explicit content, and it also comes from the host as well. So, yes, exactly. Well, 
it's not just jackassery for no reason. It's, <laughs> it's just not. It's not. What do you got, bro? Hey, real quick. Um, last night, that game was fantastic. But I did notice right after Jalen Hurts had that fumble, the first play they come out and ran was a quarterback draw, designed quarterback draw. The only thing going through my head is we know Shane uh, Steichen is coming here. That's going to be either Bryce Young or, uh, I'm sorry, Stroud or uh, the other kid from TCU. I mean, I can't wait. To oh, get yeah. Duggar, yeah. Duggar? That's who you like? I think I like him more than I do any of the other quarterbacks right now, but I think Stroud's going to be the guy we end up choosing. He's more of a prototypical Jalen Hurts, uh, Alabama quarterback. So, Stroud will probably be the guy we get, but it just looks so fantastic watching him run that offense. And we're getting that OC here. So, people be ready. This is going to be fun. Yeah, you know, and and everybody I think has been trying to make, too, James, the point that just because you saw – with Jalen Hurts, what you saw last night, what you saw this past year, doesn't necessarily mean that Steichen can't coach up a different style of quarterback. I think that's that's probably been the most prevalent thought from those that know certainly a lot more than than what we have, not paying a great deal of attention to him over the past year or two. That's actually why I like the guy from TCU. I think he's the more pocket quarterback that you need the offensive line which we do have get a little bit of help left tackle wouldn't hurt but that's a whole nother song and dance we'll see what another offseason can bring us and got- the show man hey, we'll see you. liquor man james right back at you get back in that lounge on youtube live make sure everybody's upright have a good time it is pretty fun though is this is this video? I did not see this at the end. Who sent this? We'll see if anybody I know. It's a Boilermaker fan. It says the video of Chris Collins holding on to Fletcher Lawyer. Did you see that? Come over here and check this out really quick, Eddie. I'm going to make sure that I'm not getting. See, look, this was with 12.8 to go. Chris Collins. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? He grabbed a hold of him for a second. Quick break. We'll come back. Jake Query, John McMullen, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Your calls. We got a little anything goes after six. We'll have to look. Why is the video not better than that, though? It's curious. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com, Shane Steichen, the next head coach. Anything solidified before, I mean, hell, we go to bed later on tonight. We shall see. Stephen Holder is going to join us. Me, you, Stephen, and more. Five o'clock hour next. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. <laughs> I love you, John McClain. Come over and arrest me the now. Now, we're just kind of wondering. I loved everything about last night. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on.
Love, that's too strong. I was entertained by everything last night. I have no beef, no gripe with anything. Zero. And a lot of you say, how could you come on this show today and not have a beef and a gripe? Uh, who's in there for you? No beef, no gripe. With anything last night, I was thoroughly entertained. Now, again, I watched Babyface, Chris Stapleton, The Game, The Commercials, Rihanna, The Game, and then went over to HBO and watched What's Left of Us or They Left Us or whatever that is, where everybody gets fungus. The Last of Us? The Last of Us. It's not What's Left of Us. <laughs> hey, numb nuts. What's Left of Us is <laughs> better. <laughs> so I went over to watch What's Left of Us on HBO, and that was awesome last night, too. That's got me. They had me with fungus. When the world has been sniffed out, the apocalypse occurs because of fungus. You got me. But now I was thoroughly entertained. We did wonder this. So Rihanna, last night, normally you have kind of other acts, other stars, other entertainers come in, and it was all Rihanna all the time. I was waiting for Coldplay. Where was Chris Martin last night? Didn't they do that once? Was it Coldplay with... Didn't they? Was it Katy Perry? Who was it, it with? It might have. I know Coldplay did it with someone. I know they had Bruno Mars and like the Chili Peppers a while ago. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like it when everybody gets out there and like I love. Uh, was it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when Dolly Parton was up there and she uh, started singing with Rob Halford of Judas Priest? <laughs> I love that. Love it. <laughs> I was waiting for Coldplay last night and they didn't show up. Get your calls coming up on the other side on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from ESPN.com. He was, uh, he is Stephen Holder. I don't think, were you in Arizona for any of this? I was not this year. Um, done the last couple, but not this year. I, I will say, to add to your conversation there yeah. uh, about appearances, I was, so at where I was at, uh, my friend's, uh, we were taking bets on Jay-Z coming out. Yeah, He's kind of right. like involved in the whole uh, halftime show selection process. And I know he's involved with the NFL that way. And he's kind of been a mentor, you know, music mentor type of deal with uh, Rihanna. So I was like, ah, maybe he'll come out. But no, it, that's that's the first like true solo show we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I guess yeah, that was a little bit surprising. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I was entertained by it. Don't get me yeah, wrong. I but. think maybe the, the weekend, the weekend a couple years ago might have been solo. I, I think now that I think about it, but that was that was just a weird show though. That's where he <laughs> was. That during COVID too? Did he like walk I through think, this this maze kind of deal too? Yeah, yeah. kind of the House of Mirrors type of deal going on. I don't know what that was. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so. I was um, I was certainly entertained. We'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, Shane Steichen, we're, I guess, anxiously yeah. awaiting some official word out there. Or, or do we know? Are they back here? Are they on the ground? Nobody has sent me uh, any locations of the uh, two private jets of the Colts right now. I'm a little <laughs> upset by that. I, I have seen some, some banter about it on social media, but I have no idea what's accurate and what isn't and who's on what plane and who isn't. Right. And so so we wait. Um, I, I think – I hope, I believe we're going to hear something today. Um, I don't anticipate a press conference at this point, but I, I was kind of hoping for some official word, you know, pen to paper today. That was my hope. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we got more time, so we will see. 
look, it was probably a long night for everybody involved. Uh, the Ursay family was out in Arizona. Obviously, Steichen was out there. It didn't end well. Um, it's been a long week, long night, all that. So, you know, look, I'm not surprised, I guess, that it's not quite happened yet. But, um, yeah, no reason to think it won't, but we thought that before, right? Yeah, again, <laughs> presumably Shane Steichen is going to become the next head coach yeah. of the Colts at, at some point in the not-so-distant future. What do you think about, and I know they haven't made the hire yet, but let's just say hypothetically yeah. they have. What do you think about it? You know, I, I, I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about Shane Steichen throughout this process, not because I didn't think much of him, but just because he wasn't somebody who was at the forefront of our minds, right? I mean, he's just recently come into our consciousness, really like the last couple of years, let's be honest. Unless, you, unless you've really been tracking you know, NFL position coaches, he's not someone you knew a lot about, most likely, right? So we don't have this, this wealth of experience of knowledge about him. But I will say, I, I actually think the hire is growing on me quite a bit. I don't think you can look at what the Eagles have done and really take issue with it. Uh, certainly he's done a great job. I think the, the one thing that I've taken away that I think is, is, is something that can be applicable here is that he has had different kinds of success with his offense, with different kinds of quarterbacks. And so you can take it to, Philip Rivers and having success with Phil, well, some success with Philip Rivers, uh, or at least working with Philip Rivers, right, in a much different kind of quarterback play uh, approach. Then same with Justin Herbert, you know, a little more classic style quarterback, drop back style quarterback, big arm, and then now has has transferred his offense and his his approach to a quarterback like Jalen Hurts and had immense success, uh, heavy on the run game. Uh, the Chargers were, were, I think, top five in pass attempts with Shane Steichen his last year as offensive coordinator there. Now, the next year, he goes to Philly, and they are number two in the NFL in rushing attempts and have great success in that way. So that shows that's a guy who's very versatile and has the ability uh, to beat you in different ways and, and build his offense to his team's strength. So I think they're going to get that here. And, and it's important with the young quarterback. Those are skills that I think that that's why I say it's applicable and, and transferable here. They're going to have a young quarterback, you know, who knows who it's going to be, but he's going to have perhaps a different kind of approach, right? So so I think that's that's the, the thing that, that if you're a Colts fan, that's the thing to get excited about. Um, I would also say just his – I think his his demeanor is probably going to be uh, quite different than than Frank Reich's. Um, so if if that wasn't what was ideal for the Colts and Frank Reich, uh, this guy is going to be different. And and coach, excuse me, teams go for a much different type of leader generally when they make a coaching change. So that's what I think you're getting here. It's uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And again, to update everybody, Shane Steichen, again, is presumed at some point to be officially announced as the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts with uh, some sort of press conference forthcoming, but nothing, again, official and or concrete. We'll continue to follow that particular story as Steichen, of course, was the offensive coordinator last night for the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 in which the Chiefs knocked off Philly. Back to Stephen Holder next. I So, again, presumably it's not going to be 
Jeff Saturday. I remember at the beginning of that hiring that I I certainly had thought, I was under the impression that if it wasn't going to be a head coach, he would be a part of this organization in some form or fashion moving forward. I have since certainly moved off of that. Do you think that there, the opportunity to be involved in some way with this organization is going to be there, or will he get back to ESPN? I don't have a strong sense one way or the other. I just really don't. I, I think that, let's put it this way, his his relationship with, with this, the organization and ownership in particular, I think would leave the door open for some type of role. You know, if that's something he wants, you know, is he going to be, uh, you know, maybe – not disappointed maybe that he didn't get this opportunity and, and maybe want to not do that. I don't know. I, I can't speak to it, but uh, I mean, look, Jeff does have other things going on in his life. And, you know, obviously he has media opportunities. Uh, he has uh, personal business ventures that he's involved with. So, you know, Jeff has options, you know, he doesn't have to go into to football on a full-time basis. So it depends on what it is, I suppose. And, and whether that meshes with what his future goals are. I think mean, that's the question, right? What's his future goal? What does he want to do in the long term? And that's something I'm not totally clear on. And, you know, he doesn't owe us an answer. Maybe he doesn't know that answer, you know? So we'll see. I, I don't know what shape all this is going to take. Um, let's let some more dominoes fall first, I think. All right, over the weekend, I think it was a report out there that the the ultimate decision was going to be that of of Chris Ballard, and Jim Irsay was going to let him make that decision. Is that how you believe this whole thing is going down here? Is it just ultimately Chris's decision even over the owner? So that was my colleague, Dan Graziano, I believe, who put that out there. And I think there's a there are different – ways of saying the same thing. And, and so what I mean by that is I think the way I interpret this, the way I see it and view it is that Chris Ballard made a strong recommendation and Jamerce went with the recommendation. And is that, so when you, you know, when you really splice it and dice it, is that Chris Ballard ultimately making the decision or is that just Chris, excuse me, uh, Jim Irsay rubber stamping it and saying, all right, I trust you. You know, I don't know. It just depends, I think, on on your preference and, and how you want to state it. But I but I do think the bottom line is the, the most important thing is that it's very clear to me, at least, that that this was a process driven by Chris Ballard all the way. There is no doubt about it. I think from from the way they approached it, which was very, very open ended and very open minded, more importantly, uh, to just a number of candidates casting a very, very wide net. He did the opposite of what he did, I believe, in, in 2018 and, and took the lessons that he learned with those failures with the Josh McDaniels process and applied them here. You know, the other thing that was, that was something that the Colts really paid attention to here is, you know, one of the things that they have heard from particularly minority candidates, and clearly they did not hire a minority candidate, but one of the things the Colts – I've heard and, and just minority candidates in general have expressed uh, over the last few years is just a lack of uh, or just a, a, an, an apparent or perceived lack of, of equal opportunity in the interview process. 
You know what I'm saying? Not in hiring, but just in the interview process. Because go to the Brian Flores lawsuit. And I'm not, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I'm just kind of giving people insight on why they went about it this way, right? One of the things Brian Flores alleged was that there were these sham interviews. They wanted to make sure, for example, that there was no there was no um, uh, possibility of coming away with that conclusion here. It wasn't just about that, but it was also it was giving everybody involved an equal opportunity, be it Jeff Saturday or Shane Steichen, for that matter. So I, I think they did that, and and all of that was all of those processes and approaches that I just detailed. That was all stuff that, that Chris Ballard felt very strongly about. So this was his process from beginning to end. That's the way it should have been. It's uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com. Uh, quick update, according to folks that are sending me tweets here, the Colts private jet is currently flying over the panhandle of Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Hey, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so – what I what I said to people earlier was I said, do we have the right jet? Because the man has multiple jets. <laughs> well, I thought he had two, and they and somebody had them. Yeah, and I, and somebody had one flying out there today to get yeah, them. I but yeah. I I had thought that there was already one out there because they'd all been out there for the better part of this week. Man, hell if I know. But <laughs> let me let me go ahead and sift through all this stuff and make sense of it all here. <laughs> two cars well not two jets yeah you'd imagine (laughs) can you just imagine that so right i mean imagine imagine uh having to say oh which jet yeah which which one (laughs) which Uh, one steven holders with us we'll keep track of uh the jet set live here the private jet of the colts as we move forward here so again presumably it's going to be gus bradley as the defensive coordinator, the reason why there was some blockage put on his possible movement here and obviously with the past relation and connection with that of, of Shane Steichen. Well, that's still a little bit of an open question because here's here's what we know. We know that that some specific uh, candidates were were interested in, in keeping Gus Bradley and I guess the, the rest of the defensive staff. What we didn't get was specifically which candidates were, were keen on, on keeping Bradley. Now, with Steichen, it would make sense because they overlapped quite a bit with the, the Chargers. So Steichen and Gus Bradley would have history together. So that's a pairing that would make sense. So I guess presumably is probably a fair word, but just not confirmed. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I, I got to think, I got to think with their, with, with their primary finalists, you know, the, the ones who were, who were really under serious consideration, they must've had very deep conversations about the defensive staff for them to block them um, and keep them on board basically. So I, I, I guess, yes, I lean towards saying that's probably where this goes, but but we can't say for certain because we, we just never got to confirm which candidates uh, were, were had that preference, I guess. So I'm assuming that everybody just started to, uh, to be told that they weren't going yeah. to be the choice over the course of the weekend? That's how this happened. It was a process of elimination. And so the word started to leak out that, you know, they were telling people who were not chosen for the position. They were telling them that they were, you know, going elsewhere with the selection and ultimately, those uh, those conversations get back to 
to the media, and that's how two and two was put together. You know, I I was asked by people yesterday. You know, do you think they went about this the right way? You know, particularly having it come out the morning of the game. My answer is yes, uh, because here's why: Shane Steichen probably already knew, right? So it's not like it's not like it was more or less of a distraction for him. You know, I, I think he probably at least had an inkling, at minimum, if not had been outright told, right? So whether whether we know or not is not is not what defines whether it's a distraction for Steichen. Now, on the other hand, the other candidates, you don't want to give them the disrespect of finding out about it on Twitter, okay? And had this lingered into today, the wheels were already set in motion. This guy's getting on a plane, coming to sign a contract. I mean, you know, it would, the word would get out pretty quickly. And it might have gotten out before they had a chance to inform others of their decision. So I think to avoid that disrespect and to, to give them the courtesy of finding out the right way, I think the Colts did what they had to do. So I have no problem with it. Uh, I think no one really ultimately got hurt by the way they handled it. And uh, it's to me, it was fine. So uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Thinking a, a little bit further into this as well, we, we know what, what people around that building thought of one year. With Philip Rivers, even though they had thought he was going to come back for year number two and he decided against that to go ahead and retire, how much intel, how much input do you think they ended up getting from somebody that had closely worked with in the past, Shane Steichen? Well, I will tell you that from every indication, they were exceedingly thorough throughout this. It would be shocking to me if Chris Ballard or someone else in the building did not speak with Philip Rivers, I would be shocked. And just from from what I have read from the past, uh, Philip Rivers' comments on on Shane Steichen were were very complimentary, and he seemed to really think highly of his his football IQ and knowledge, and and the way he thinks about the game. And I think that speaks a lot about him. I mean, we know that Philip Rivers is is kind of in that Peyton Manning level of you know football thinkers, you know, and so. If he if he sees Shane Steichen in that in that light, then that's a very good thing. And he's if he's in his sort of um, realm, if you will, of just you know football intellect and and that kind of thing. I, I think that's a very promising thing. Uh, look, he he has, uh, or I should say, the Colts uh, definitely did a lot of homework throughout this. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they 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 were done with interviews a week ago. And spent days on days, you know, just talking through a final decision. And I think they likely knew where they were going, but uh, they they took their time to actually get there and, and make it official. So I'm going to give them the, every benefit of the doubt here in terms of of doing their homework. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of a lot of work was done behind the scenes, even before uh, the interview started. I mean, they were working these guys in terms of homework and research long before the first interview took place, even virtually. Right. So they did a tremendous amount of work and I, I would tend to think that, that they feel pretty good about the process here. It doesn't guarantee success, but I think the process was good. 37 years old, first time head coach. And one of the reasons that Jeff Saturday was brought in by Jim Irsay was that Jim hoped that he was going to carry on, move forward as their next head coach. He has that firm belief in Jeff and that trust, certainly in Jeff. And and part of that was to get intel 
within that locker room about what what had been going on, you know, as far as, you know, any soft, any slide, uh, the attention to detail. And I know you've heard this again, and I know I have heard this as well, that there were some things wrong with it in the estimation of Jeff, something that had been talked about, you know, occurred with being late to meetings and such while in Minneapolis on that Saturday afternoon in preparation for that game against the Vikings. Can can you trust that 37 first-time head coach with this group is going to be okay? Or do you think maybe we find out that ultimately they needed somebody that had experience over this first-timer? Is that a concern of yours at all? I don't know if concern is the right word. I think it's a fair question, right? I mean, we have nothing to go on. You know, that's that's the thing with these these first-time head coaches. Uh, look, there's there's flaws or there, I should say there are risks in either approach, right? You can go with the retread coach and, and then they have to kind of live down their mistakes of the past, right? And then if you hire a first-time head coach, you have to, you know, convince yourself or, or hope that you're right, that they can, that they can find a way uh, to establish themselves and do, do things the right way. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a slam dunk either way. I think it's a fair question, and we'll see. I do think that he has a different demeanor than Frank Reich. Uh, he, he certainly is – I think he's more Sirianni than Frank Reich. Now, whether how much and, and to what extent that matters, that is, I think, up to the individual and in the eye of the beholder. I would say this. Those, those assertions are true, right? I mean, yeah. there, was, there was probably uh, differing levels of, of discipline uh, throughout Frank Reich's tenure. However – what I would say on the other side of that is uh, the counter to that is I don't think that's the reason they weren't good this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think there's five or six other reasons that are, that, that are responsible for their, their outcomes this year before that one, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is, you know, it's, it's one of many, many, many things that matter. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, again, we're, we're kind of left to, to judge a little bit um, <laughs> with this stuff because there's nothing concrete working. But that that was one yeah. reason why that Jim Irsay wanted Jeff it Saturday around. Owner. Yeah, that's true. It mattered to the owner. I mean, that's it. at the end of the day, if we, it, you know, whether we think how much we think it matters, maybe doesn't make a difference, right? The owner, it definitely made a difference to him. That that is true, and so. That's why it's worthy of having the conversation because, you know, the, the guy who ultimately made the decision to part ways with the coach, he thought it was a big deal. So, no, I get the question, and I think it's a, it's a fair conversation. Um, I, I do think that a, a team with, with the lack in, this, lack in the discipline area that's a really talented team and succeeding, <laughs> we're not having that conversation, right? I think when you're, when you're not doing well, you start looking for reasons why that's right. happening. And everything matters, right? Every, every variable and every, every you know, sort of pro and con matters. And it's totally fine to go there, I think. In closing with Stephen Holder of ESPN.com, so Shaquille Leonard was on Pat McAfee's show on Friday. Yeah. I played this audio on Friday, but he, he gave a, a pretty sound endorsement for Jeff Saturday. Do you think that similar thought was prevalent in that locker room regarding Jeff? I think guys like Jeff. You know, I don't I don't know if they felt as strongly as as Shaquille. 
but but guys liked Jeff. I don't think that was ever the problem. It wasn't that that no one liked him. I think people like him. He's a likable guy, right? And he he's fiery. He's intense. Football players respond to that. That's a that's not a bad thing, right? Uh, I, I think that the issue, if you really boil it down in that locker room where there was a split, was whether was whether or not he was. Uh, whether he not, he made them better as a team, you know, and I I don't think that's an argument anybody can make. Now, could he have done that over the course of of 17 games, you know, with a with a full off season to prepare? Perhaps we'll never know. But you know, it's a hard case to make right now. It just is, you know. So I, I don't know. I think I don't I don't think guys in the locker room, from my conversations, felt as strongly about that as Shaquille Leonard. Now, he also, I think, had a little bit of kinship with Jeff because he kind of helped him get some clarity with his injury situation. And I give Jeff credit for this. You know, it was Jeff Saturday who told him, look, I, I also had nerve issues. Shaquille Leonard should not have been out there. He should not have been playing this year, at least not at the point where he was playing. He should have waited. He should have at least waited longer, right? But I think – Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, you know, they were trying to manage the player. And here's a guy who's just so intense. He's begging for the opportunity. You know what he means to your football team. So I think they probably cut some corners there, give him an opportunity to get out there. And somehow Jeff was able to get through to him to tell him, you should not be out here. I went through this. I know what you're going through. And to Shaq's credit, he, he took that to heart and, and took it and, and went on IR and got himself right. So hopefully it works out long term, but I, but I do think that is a that's part of where Shaq's um, opinion of Jeff Saturday comes from, and, and just sort of his, you know, his beloved uh, the, the the love that he's expressing for him as a coach. I think a lot of it is is relevant to that particular aspect. And I'm not saying he doesn't believe the things he's saying. I'm just saying there's there's actually a little more nuance to that situation. Uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And again, nothing firm regarding Shane Steichen, which is a story we'll continue to follow as allegedly the Colts' private jet crosses into the state of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm back on one of those car rides as a kid, and you cross the state line, and you think you're getting somewhere. Yeah. But hey, being from Florida, we we cross the state line, and uh, knowing we're going to South Florida, I'm like, oh, we're we're back in Florida. All right, well, we got six hours to go, man. Exactly. <laughs> And I should have said, I said in Kansas, over Kansas. Uh, that's right, more right, accurately right. over Kansas right there. Stephen yeah, Holder. My dad didn't have a private jet. So yeah, no, no doubt. Different. We <laughs> shall see. Maybe something a little bit later on tonight. Maybe a press conference coming up tomorrow. And then it's going to be interesting oh, to see how many, um, how many Eagles coaches, if this is the case, end mm. up coming here too. So. So, so I have a thought on this real quick. Yeah, now. go ahead. You know, Frank Reich, when, you know, over the last couple of years, and particularly when Nick Sirianni went to Philadelphia, he was very generous with Nick Sirianni, okay? And he let him have a handful of his coaches where they could have handled that very differently. So it will be interesting to see how Nick Sirianni handles things this time. You know, if, in fact, Shane Steichen wants to bring some guys with him, you know? So I'm very interested to see how that goes. They have a very – a very impressive coaching staff there in Philadelphia. And, and part of that 
has been part of that is because, you know, Frank Reich had guys like Jonathan Gannon, for example, go there and had great success. And he may end up being the Texas, excuse me, the uh, Cardinals head coach, for example. So anyway, uh, that's a little subplot too, that I'm watching, you know, how many, if any of those Eagles coaches come with him, uh, does Sirianni return the favor? So I don't know. We'll see. Steven, I appreciate it as always. We'll follow it and see if anything happens either tonight or coming up tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I mentioned Jazz Pacers from the Fieldhouse tonight. That's a 7 o'clock start. 6.30, your pregame is right here, which means we'll also have a little bit of anything goes after 6. Also, because I know you guys have been paying attention, the IU women, the second-ranked IU women in action tonight against number 13, Ohio State. That is in Columbus. It is the second of back-to-back-to-back matchups with top 25-ranked teams for, again, the second-ranked Hoosiers of IU in Columbus. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight, Mackenzie Holmes joined us on the show on Friday. We talked about that and a lot more if you wanted to go back and check it out. That podcast is at 1075thefan.com. Jake Query, John McMullen, Stephen Holder podcast there also at 1075thefan.com. We'll continue to follow the Shane Steichen story. If one becomes more prevalent than what we're going on right now, we will keep you informed. Also, time for your calls at 239 and 70 Jason Aldean tickets before the top of the hour and some anything goes coming up after six 93 the fan whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you the Ride with JMV. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Yeah, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Switch me on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of this show. Shane Steichen. Still waiting. Super Bowl 57 discussing. I had no beef with anything last night, really. Not even the field being slick. None whatsoever. I enjoyed it start to finish. And again, my start to finish is different. I started with Babyface, who is always spectacular. Went through Chris Stapleton. The game, Rihanna, more of the game. And then I went to uh, the rest of us or what's left of us. <laughs> on HBO, which I'm sorry, I am now into the the uh, rest of us or what's left of us. I'm into it now. I'm into fungus. The fungus among us. Uh, last night was a good episode, though. So I did. I enjoyed that. Uh, we talked about a variety of things today. Pacers and Jazz coming up later on tonight. 6.30, your coverage begins here. Tyrese Halliburton will play. He was a question mark midday. So was Miles Turner. 33 will not play tonight. So no 33 against the Jazz of Utah tonight. Again, 6.30, your pregame coverage is right here. 239-1070. Jim is up next today. Hello, Jim. 
Hey, JMB, how are you? I'm fantastic. Jim, go ahead. I agree with you. Last night it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. There wasn't really too much to gripe about. No, I, I would agree. Um, Across the board, I was entertained. That's what I want to be. And we had a little local flavor with North Central uh, Babyface, right? Babyface. Babyface is just incredible. What is he, 64 years old, too? Sounds like he did back in the late 1980s. Incredible. Hey, but my question is this. I'm not, I'm not into the rules, and I'm, I'm a, a pseudo-football follower. But in listening to your show and talking about the, coach, the coaches and quarterbacks, don't you have to assume that if um, – uh, Shane, what is it, Stike? Um, yes. Uh, it, he's already got to have his quarterback picked out, right? He's not going to show up and say, hey, um, who's my quarterback going to be? He's got to have it picked out already. Oh, right? I don't know if he has anything picked out. Um, I don't think Chris Ballard has anything picked out. I bet. I bet nobody has it picked out. I mean, they may have hard targets, thoughts, but I don't think they have anything picked out yet. They're not like well, me. They don't have the luxury to pick something out in January like I did. You have to assume that there's a, a way they're leaning. So does anybody in the Colts media have the guts to ask that question to say, hey, who's your quarterback going to be? Well, because they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell anybody until and unless they get number one overall and you figure out who that is. I mean, nobody's going to tell you that. Are there, are there NFL rules tampering stuff? That you no, I mean, everybody out? just keeps it on the down low. Everybody wants to keep everybody else guessing. Oh, I guess uh, the lack of a better description would be they're not going to let anybody out there in their kitchen. We're all going to be forced to guess. You know, they may end up hard targeting somebody. I think if we really, really want to know who they like, uh, they're going to have to probably get up to number one, right? Because... You know, who, you know, maybe who they like is going to come off the board. So, now nah, we're not, we're not, we're just going to be guessing for a while. All right, cool, cool. Thanks, man. Hey, call anytime, Jim. Thank you. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. It's been happening all day in there. I thank you guys for that. <laughs> thank you for the uh, private jet updates, too. That seems to be pretty good. Hey, Jamie, I agree with you. I got last night. I just thought. All the way through, it was entertaining. I know that we're supposed to be mad about something. Always got to be mad about something. I wasn't mad at Rihanna. I thought the entertainment value was good there. I don't think I knew every song. I knew some of them. Now, that's not my age demographic, but I can get with it. Entertained by that. JMV, that show on HBO is not called What's Left of Us. If it's not, it should be. That's a better, that is a better title, What's Left of Us. Yeah, I know. I've, I've fallen head over heels for that. I'm starting to understand it a little bit. Hey, JMV, you don't show each other your hands in a poker game. Come on, fella. Here's what I have right now. What do you have? <laughs> I've got to flop the nut straight. Oh, okay. I'm just sitting over here eating Oreos. Yeah, I'm, it's easy for me. I'll just I'll come up with my opinion on that with C.J. Stroud. I, my opinion happened in early January. I have been afforded that luxury. They're, they're not. Got to get it right, though, don't you?
Shane Steichen. Get your thoughts on that a little bit more in-depth coming up on the other side. Your calls. Got a little anything goes coming up after 6 o'clock as well. Any concerns regarding the Boilermakers being upset by Northwestern? By the way, Purdue's down to number three with that loss in Evanston yesterday. I think IU's up to 14th. That Saturday night win on the road in Ann Arbor against Michigan. Butler with a win on Friday night over Xavier. Now, we're getting close. I think yesterday marked one month until Selection Sunday. I know we're kind of going through right now fake spring. This is like known as fake spring. You always have a couple of days, maybe a handful of days in February that can be known as fake spring. Like when Bob Knight in 1985 threw the chair, that was a fake spring day in February. I remember when I drove my my first car without a license to school <laughs> for the first time. It was a fake spring day for that. Still good, though. Still good to see the sunshine throughout the course of the afternoon. But, yeah, a month away from Selection Sunday. I'm thinking this may be the most, considering where things are going, now you still got a month to determine, I guess, a level of excitement, right? But I'm assuming by right now this is going to be, or at least is forming to be, the most Exciting Selection Sunday around here in a while. Because you have both IU and Purdue playing at an expected level. First time in a while. (laughs) I love that too. Hey, JMV, Ballard has always been a traits guy in the draft. If he sticks to his draft process, that's Stroud or Richardson. Young is too small. He seems to lean Big Ten too a lot of times. Seberg says, usually I'd let him chew on those Oreos until he was dead broke, but I don't have that much time. Shout out to Mike. Matt Damon, one of the greatest films of the 1990s. Rounders. Christian Aaron on the other side. We've got a little bit of Anything Goes after 6 o'clock as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. There you go. Jason Aldean, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center, my friends. I believe that is a September date. I know it seems far away. September the 16th. That's a Saturday night. Number nine, because you're listening and because you're going to be fortunate to be number nine, is going to get a pair of tickets on us. I have no idea who any of these other people are. Mitchell Tenpenny, Corey Kent, and DJ Silver along with Jason Aldean. Should be a great show. September the 16th. Thank you, Live Nation. Again, Kyle, my friend Jimmy, 
just great folks to work with, and they fully understand that you, the sports lover, you that tune in three until six, you love music too, and they can hit every genre imaginable. I'm going to find somebody that loves country here, somebody that loves rock, hip-hop, R&B, alternative, jazz fusion, bluegrass, all of it. Uh, number nine is going to be a winner. JMV, the Colts playing is circling an old guitar and drum kit in Iowa right now. <laughs> oh, man. The day the music died back in the day. I think I guess that's what you're assuming. That's because the anniversary of that was last week. And it was Iowa. All right, 239-1070 is the number. We've got a little Anything Goes coming up after 6, and Christian is in right now. Hello, Christian. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Great, Christian. Go ahead. Hey, uh, real quick, your Live Nation tickets, does that include Bossa Nova? Uh, I don't think I – I don't read you. I don't copy uh, you. Hmm, Bossa Nova, like the type of music? Oh, see now. Listen, hey man, I'm from Green. I'm from Green. <laughs> I'm from Green County. I stretched that as far as I could. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, no, no. I get what you're saying. Yeah. All. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta understand who you're talking to here, Christian. A little bit, brother. Sorry, you know what I mean? Sorry. I just I just watched Dolores Claiborne over the weekend, and they mentioned it in that movie. <laughs> I'm going. Uh. All right. Well done, anyway, though. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Sorry. That's sorry. Right. My question, though, is uh, need your general manager's cap on. I don't know if you can answer this or not, but uh, do you think a general manager goes into building or drafting, and do you think that the, the general manager goes into the draft with the mindset from the coach and everybody, like, hey, this is our identity, and – this is what we want the team's identity to be. So these are the type of players that we're going to Yes. Draft. Well, that's been or, the past here. Yes. That's been the past here. And Frank probably Frank probably was not loud enough in what he actually wanted compared to, you know, the whole blueprint in which Chris Ballard drafted and believed in. Uh, or should they go in and basically just get, you know, best, best player every time? And then should you adjust – your identity of what your team's going to be after you draft and get all your players that you can. Yeah, they're going to tell you best player available every time, and that'll drive you nuts, too, because maybe in your mind the best player available is the one that you're drafting. But, no, this is a this is something, and you bring up, Christian, a good point here. This is something that they need to figure out because if, if I'm the coach, I, I want to make sure that I have – my type of guys with my philosophy here too and that's that's where i think that that chris ballard also has to be a lot better than he has been because clearly his philosophy and his protocol his blueprint really hadn't worked out so i don't think frank was as vocal as he should have been back then about this is what i want this is what's going to make my team better and obviously there's a lot of finger pointing at some of those skill positions that early on during especially the ballard tenure here of six going on seven years now that they weren't hardcore about anything else 
No, I think that's it. Christian, thank you very much. Did he say Bossa Nova? I thought he said Casanova, and I was going to say Levert. Yeah, that thing went right over my head. And that was a good one, too, but I wasn't ready for it. Uh, JMV, the upcoming pilot about those of us that hang in there with you for six hours on Saturday night will be called What's Left of Us. <laughs> Hashtag JMV Takeover. <laughs> What's Left of Us. That is a good show on HBO, though. Hey, Aaron, get us to the 6 o'clock hour. How are you? How are you, John? How you doing, Aaron? Oh, man, just busy. Get ready to... Uh producer our uh class reunion song oh what what class what year reunion is it 83 god i loved 83 man i loved 83 but our slogan better than the best will always be we're the class of 83 nah 83 was a good year i was in seventh grade i was just thinking about that today when i go back through all my years up until my senior year at high school I rank my seventh grade year as number three in a top five. Number three oh, in the man. top five of years. Mine was that senior year, man. No, nope, senior year. Hey, check fifth, this fifth, out. fifth grade. Well, hold on. Fifth grade, eighth grade, seventh grade, freshman, and junior year. My top five right there of the 12, of my first 12. Uh, that, that's all good. That's all good. <laughs> Check this out. Go I got a little compilation for you. Okay. I've been on for a minute. First of all, they need to get rid of this here uh, uh, part two Grammy show at the halftime. More than anything else, that's what ruined the Philadelphia Eagles, that 12-hour halftime show. Did it ruin that them, or did it help out Kansas City? It, it, it was both. And Pat it Mahomes. ruined the momentum, and then it built up Kansas City. Gave, they, he got the rest of that uh, leg, too. Second of all, I thought the NFL was a copycat league. Nothing against this guy that's presumed to be the next coach. I hope he does well against him. But if it's a copycat league, why would you go with a guy that's good at just calling plays, but we don't know if he's a great leader? They're talking about the quarterback, but there's 52 other players on that team. Now you're right, man. You're, you are right. 30 I'm kind of leery of a 37-year-old trying to No, tell yeah, you're, a, you're right. What to do. Hey, Aaron, and we talked life. about that a little bit earlier. I'll let you finish here. We talked about that a little bit earlier, too. 37-year-old, first-year head coach with a group that there have you know been reports out there that maybe you know this locker room was kind of fading with some priorities in mind, something that Jeff Saturday saw on an interim basis. And that is, and again, this is something that the Colts bring up all time, that leadership quality, that leadership aspect that they described Jeff Saturday as when they brought him on board. That is something you can absolutely question. What else? Hey, you need somebody with street cred. I heard the guy from Philadelphia talking about he will be great in the uh, press room. He's not going to give you much. Well, we don't need somebody with that kind of an attitude. We need somebody with street cred. And if it is a copycat league, why would you go with a guy? No, nothing, no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. I'm glad for him. But I'm pretty sure he was a pretty good quarterback before this guy. But why wouldn't you go with someone that's a winner like uh, the enemy? I mean, did he kill somebody 20 years ago or something? I don't get it. Yeah, well, he I mean, certainly he, he deserves a chance. There's no question about that. I'm with you on that. You want to win, right? Yeah. I 
mean, I mean, this guy's a. I mean, he's one of the best winners out there. I do not disagree in his credentials at all, Aaron. I don't. I agree with you. You know this, and if Bowen doesn't get it right this time, he along with these here, what do these scouts do for the coach? Other than sit around making a film about the team. I'm assuming Aaron, and thank you. I I got to run here at the top of the hour, Aaron. Thank you. They're scouting. I guess, but now I the leadership thing. That's something they talked about ad nauseum. Completely agree with it. That's why I wanted old and crusty and been there and done that. Oh, I agree. Quick break. We'll come back. We got a little. Anything goes on the other side. You guys want to participate? Two three nine ten seventy. You get on hold. We bring you on. We talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's called anything goes. About twenty minutes on the clock. Me and you with anything goes next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Let's do a little anything goes in this bad boy for about the next 20 minutes. You guys up for it? Jazz Pacers pregame, bottom 7P, tip time. Tyrese Halliburton playing. Miles Turner is not IU women. Second-ranked IU women on the road. 13th-ranked Ohio State tonight at 7 o'clock. And still trying to find out anything, anything concrete, any evidence that Shane Steichen will indeed be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And just Lots of conversation there. Jason Ellis wanted those Jason Aldean tickets. You got to try again tomorrow, brother. Sorry about that. BT, that made me laugh right there. Thank you, BT, for the laugh. <laughs> That's great. JMV, I agree with you about what's rest, what's left of us. I'm intrigued by the fungus. Yeah, I can't help it. I am too. It's pretty entertaining, though. I just started watching it maybe two weeks ago. Pretty entertaining. All right, we got some anything goes. 239-1070. That's the number you call, and we put you on hold and bring you on board. Line one with anything goes here is Mark. Mark, what you want to talk about? Hello, Johnny. I'm probably going to change gears on everybody because it's, I don't know if it's the weather or, plus it's my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. That's it. Uh, I'm ready for Carb Day News. Me too. Motor Speedway. When is Me Doug too. Company? Mark, know, let me yeah. share something with you. Doug is coming on Doug Bowl Speedway Prez on Friday because Friday is the 100-day mark until the greatest spectacle in racing. And I thought, maybe I was wrong, I thought normally by Super Bowl, we were privy to who is going to be the Carb Day Entertainment. 
Yes, sir. That damn Demick year, I called it, and my kids were just blown away. That was the the, the concert that was. It was Ario and Sticks, and I think I talked to you on one of the uh, DJ shows, and you know, had you play some Ario Speedwagon for me for the show. That right. wasn't. Uh, yeah, we need to get get some of that old classic rock. Who, you, who are you guessing is going to be? You got anybody in mind? I I always pick. Um, you know, or suggest things and groups and stuff like that. Any, uh, uh, I'm still stuck on sticks and REO. Some of that, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm, got, I'm guessing like something like, and I know that Cheap Trick is going to be in Brown County here. Right. I think yeah. at some point too, maybe something like Cheap Trick, probably. Uh could could be. It's, it, it's it's either really really good with some funk and horns, or it's um I'm trying to censor myself some bad, bad old you know stuff. And uh, I did not go last year. I know a lot of people did, and I'm glad they did. And the rain and all of that. And uh, yeah, I'll let you be, man. Just uh, yeah, pull for Carb Day. One hundred day mark is on Friday, and Doug Bowles is going to join us right here. But I I agree. I thought normally in a year we'd already know who was going to be the entertainment. Yep, we're on the edge of our um, seats, Johnny. Uh, Mark, thank you very much. See, that's anything goes right there. Am I wrong about that? When's uh? Let me see when this store is here. Carb Day. That would have been Carb Day. Hold on a second. Uh, Carb Day, twenty twenty two. See if I look that up and see. Just try to find out when that was announced last year. Huh. Yeah, Carb Day concert. Yeah, I can't right off the top of my head find any evidence of when that would have been sent down. Most of that stuff is lead up to in the month of May in general. I just thought normally the announcement by now was made. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong for a lot of that stuff. But Doug Bowles is going to join us coming up on Friday's show. AJ's up next at 239-1070. Hello, AJ. Hey, uh, it just baffles my mind that Andrew Luck could get nominated for the Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> even if he left it up to the fans of Indianapolis, he wouldn't get voted in. It was just not the – he was a quitter. It's just the way he quit, you know, two weeks before the season starts. And underneath a hail of booze, slinking out of the stadium with security. Yeah, well, it's just it's it's because of the matter of time that has gone by, and that's that leads to the eligibility. Not anybody suggesting he's going to get a nod of any kind. So he should be waiting twenty five years instead of five years. Well, I mean, he will be. So he will be. <laughs> All right. Yeah, AJ. Thank you very much. No, that's just a fact. He will be. He'll be waiting twenty five years. 30 years. And I've said this all along, too. People want to bring that up in terms, and I I know this is old news stuff, but it is anything goes, and he did, AJ, bring this up. As far as the Ring of Honor, I I think it's going to be one of those things where this team is going to have to be like Super Bowl-ready good before you can even consider that around here. Tell you, those wounds are still fresh. Why? for the most part, is because of the absolute lack of success this team has encountered since. Pretty easy to put that together, no matter what you think. SPT says, what about Pat Benatar? Pat Benatar would be awesome. I don't believe Pat Benatar plays one of her signature catalog songs. Hit me with your best shot. I think that she has shelved that. 
But I love Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar is probably a decent guess right there, SPT. Remo, line three at 239-1070. Hello, Remo. Hey, uh, JMV, I, I just wanted to tell you, I just saw a Chinese spy balloon fly into Arizona. You sure there's not coordinated with the Colts picking up? Um, uh, are you sure it wasn't like close encounters of the third kind or uh, something like that? It could have been close encounters, uh, but... Uh, hey, Remo, no, I, got, I got a question for you regarding that. Are, are you kind of hoping that one of these days we do find out that there's life on other planets? You you hope that we do encounter an actual UFO that's not just kind of made up yeah. kind of for the screen sci-fi junk? Absolutely. Me because too. They might, have the, they might have the goods. They have the goods. You we, know I, they, I, I listen, I, I, I'm open to it, man. I'm open to it. I hope one of these days we find that out. So, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, I yeah. didn't think the halftime show was too bad, but I, I still will say Prince at halftime show and Bruno Mars were probably two yeah. of the best halftime shows. Well, because uh, Prince is the greatest all time in the rain in Miami, whenever the Colts won back in Super Bowl 41. And the other aspect, yep. Prince doing anything compared to anybody else is always going to be the best. Seriously, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's just but the way I it's going to be. Mars was uh, was pretty good, but uh, yeah, great game last uh, last night. So very entertaining, and uh, yeah, just uh, anxious to see what the Colts uh, do. I I was telling my friends, I think uh, the the Chinese spy balloon should have been over the Colts complex. Maybe they could let us fill hey, us in on what's going on. What was that flying over Lake Huron yesterday that somebody shot down? Uh, somebody had to shoot down. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fourth one in a week. So I don't know. They haven't come out and said, but uh, it's not. It, it wasn't as big as the the one they shot down over uh, Carolina coast. Uh, I got you, Remo. Yeah, I appreciate you. You have a great night. Thank you for the call. I'm down with UFO stuff again. Bring it back. Anybody with me on that? The 70s was a renaissance of UFO interest. Yeah, not not because of Star Wars. Uh, Close Encounters would have been that. There, I believe, NBC had an episodic program during the 70s called Project UFO. I think we also watched Patrick Duffy in Man from Atlantis, and he had web feet and hands. <laughs> That's before he struck gold on Dallas. Uh, this is from Hal. JMV is a Colts fan. I must be suffering from rookie head coach fatigue because I just can't get excited about Shane Steichen. A 37-year-old rookie head coach after having five rookie head coaches before him, including interim head coaches. You know what else? To me, you can look at it this way. It's like when they hired Nate Bjorkgren. The Pacers did. You go, oh, okay. You got to spend five minutes trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. That is very true. How that is 100% true. And then you factor in that most of you don't believe that a good judgment, a good decision will be made. I, I have encountered many, Hal, that are thinking just like you. Just like you. 
right, 239-1070. There's Marcellus on Anything Goes. How you doing, Marcellus? Hey, what's up, brother? Did you hear your uh, Larceny Bourbon double shot power the other night? That sounded good, didn't it? Yes, it did. Thank you very much. I appreciate you got that, it, buddy. man. Hey, 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 look, man, you, you got me going with the, uh, I think it's Space 1999 as well was one of those yes. <laughs> sci-fi shows, along with Project UFO. <laughs> Pro- Pro- was that NBC, Project UFO? It didn't last very long. Man, I don't know. If, I don't think it was on a major network. It was, it was made by British TV, man. Was it, it was really? British, yeah, both of those shows were British made, man. It's crazy. Project yeah. UFO. But that, it was uh, the 70s. Oh, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It was in the 70s, man. Oh, Why? wait a minute. Hold on. Project UFO, an American television series, Marcellus, oh, okay. on NBC oh, 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 from 78 oh, to man. 79 right there. <laughs> All right, I stand corrected. Oh, hey, yeah. I, wa- I watched them. In, I watched them in reruns out to school, man. I believe <laughs> Edward Winter was the star of that, and Edward Winter was the actor that played. And, and I always thought that he was one of the better episodes when he was a when he was a guest star, Colonel Flag on Mash. That's Edward Winter. He was a part of Project UFO. Go ahead. Yeah, man, no problem, man. Hey, look, uh, I, I got a, I got a bad feeling, man. I don't know, man. You know, you you bring in a you bring in an old veteran when you got a real hot mess on your hands. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, uh, well, yeah I mean, you just do. I'm with um, you on that. That was that was my yeah. initial thought about it all. Yeah. Yeah, and you got if you're looking at this guy from the Eagles, I'm thinking, oh, are you kidding me? Um, but I'm not saying he couldn't do it. I don't know, but. I'm uh, kind of going with what, what your previous caller was talking about, the enemy. I don't know what the deal is, uh, but it's it's like, okay, this guy, okay, yeah, he's an OC too, but, man, he's won two trophies in four years, and you went with the, you're going with the guy that lost last night. Okay, that that's, that's going to strike a lot of confidence in, in yeah, these fans. And especially the fact, too, Marcellus, there's not a lot of confidence to be found right now in general. So right, yeah. right, and it's like, man, you know, boy. Uh, so uh, it is. It's gonna be what it is, it's gonna be. What it's gonna be. But uh, I mean, I don't know how long of a leash you give this next coach. Uh, but you're gonna give this guy five years. You know, yeah. thirty-seven years old. Do these do these fans have the patience? <laughs> of course not. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. Not even don't. close. I mean, listen. It's going to take close. a while too. It's going to test even more of their patience because this is not this is not going to be jump into the phone booth and come back in the Superman outfit here. I mean, this is no, not. not yeah. No, not at thirty-seven years old, man. And they already got issues in the locker room. I I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, but. But hey, it is what it is. You got it, buddy. Uh, yeah, man. But look, man, I'll see you on Saturday, hey, man. Marcellus, that's the JMV takeover every Saturday night. By the way, Jim McCann sent me this, and I think they had difficulty putting something together last year. And I'd ask about Carb Day. Normally, didn't we have news as to who was going to play it by now? But and and this is accurate. A year ago. It was not. It was not uh, announced. I think until around March twenty third or twenty fourth. Remember Kings of Chaos and Rick Springfield. So, but they did. They had trouble getting something together last year. Hopefully, they didn't have that type of trouble putting this together.
Yeah, put something together. Some do something really good, maybe unique, to where the recent history trend has been. Uh, Eric's up next at two three nine ten seventy on anything goes. Hello, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me on, JMD. Got it, buddy. I'm Mark Deedle's nephew. Super happy to be here. I'm a Thank fan of Deedle. Deedle was in the house with me here last Wednesday. So, Thank you for supporting my uncle. He's a good dude. Love the Deedle. No doubt about that. The best in what he does in realty. What you got, Eric? Well, um, I got a lot going on here, JMD. First of all, we don't have a left tackle. We think we're a quarterback away. We don't have a left tackle. We don't have a number one wide receiver. We, like, good God. Like, who cares who the coach is? Like, <laughs> it's a dumpster fire. Like, like everyone, like, thinks we're going to draft C.J. Stroud and it's all going to get better. No, 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 no. No, no. No, no, you're, and you're right. That's why I suggested to, to Marcellus, this is not going to be a quick fix. It's going, it's going to test no, some no. patience of folks there. Oh, good God. I mean, I called you – the last time I called, it was uh, with Andrew Luck's rookie year, and we said we need to put a bunch of mean people in front of him, and it doesn't matter who's on the receiving court. And we didn't do that, and the dude's a lacerated kidney, and now he's retired at Eagle Creek. Uh, you know, it's just it is what it is. I also want to give a shout out to Trace Jackson Davis, who is absolutely the best player in college basketball right now, and a Center Grove kid. My dad used to drive the Center Grove basketball team to all their away games. He 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 watches religiously. And uh, I want to say one more thing, yep. Pat Benatar. We belong. We definitely need a Ricky. What's his name? Ricky, Ricky Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. yeah. We Belong yeah. was in that film, yes. We Belong. We Belong. Pat Benatar needs to be the lady leading us at Carb Day. You got it, buddy. I'm right there with you, Eric. Tell your uncle I said hello. I will. All right. There you go. Jeff Haley has this. How much time we have left here? We got plenty of time? We got about three minutes. Three minutes. All right, quickly. Jeff Haley says, the real question for anything goes, Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge, Sam from Who's the Boss, Winnie Cooper, or Kelly Kapowski, I'll hang up and listen. Now, the winner of this is always going to be Kelly Kapowski, not not of Saved by the Bell, but Kelly Kapowski of uh, 90210. Hot Tub Kapowski. That's going to win that. But Nicole Eggert, not so much of Charles in Charge, Nicole Eggert of the, um, now I can't think of the title of the name, with both Corys in it. <laughs> That's that Nicole Eggert. But, nope, the hot tub Kapowski from 90210, Jeff, is going to win that battle every day. David, on Anything Goes is next. Hello, David. Hey, John, uh, last week I heard you talking about your knee. I want you to know I'm 65. I'm getting knee replacement Wednesday. Yep. And 48 days later, I'm getting the other one done. I'll call and let you know how it goes. David, I should have done it. I could have done it like three years ago when I wussed out. Doctor promised me, he goes, all the pain you've been feeling. I got bone on bone in both. I don't know where yours are at. But he said, you won't ever have that pain again. You're going to be amazed and why it took you so long. So I know. I'll let you know, and I'll let you know how the rehab goes. David, thank you very much. I could have done it three years ago, and I didn't do it. I'm going to regret it. 
Mark says, quit being a Debbie Downer. Even old school coaching would struggle with a rookie quarterback and Swiss cheese core. Steichen will be fine. I'm not. Who's been Debbie Downer? I've been nothing but positive. I'm looking at this with an open mind. I'm just giving you questions as will surround this. And there's no doubt it would also be surrounding a veteran head coach. I've been there and done that guy. But those are just the facts of it. There's no Debbie Downer. I'm completely open-minded as hell. Bill's up next. Bill, go ahead. Hey, JMV. I just wanted to make a uh, off-the-wall prediction about what okay. Doug Bowles is going to say this uh, this upcoming Friday. I think the Carb Day uh, headlining act is going to be John Mellencamp. Yeah, for what? For Carb Day? Yeah. No, it won't. Now he's on tour right now. Yeah, I think I think his his tour. I think I think there's an open spot. I think there's oh, a spot there? right there. Oh, yeah. So I, I, oh, I, I, so I you're looking is. at the routing. See, Bill, that's where you're yeah. much smarter than me. You're looking ahead at the routing. I'm going to doubt it, but I like the fact that you're looking ahead at routing, and that plays a significant role on who they end up getting. So I hope that they I hope they get him, and uh, and also I'd like to see the Jim Irsay band play out at uh, at Carve Day. I think I think that'd be fun. I think he and I think he deserves a, to get a spot. I asked them to do there. it a year ago, man. That was no dice. Yeah, he true story. Hey, Billy, I miss you, man. We'll see you out again soon. Here, you bet. Take care of the All week. right, Greg. Go really quick here. Yeah, uh, I, I have my doubts about Stike. And look who we've gotten from the Eagles: Matt Pryor, Carson Wentz, <laughs> Hank Basket, Todd Harriman, Trent Cole. I got my doubts. We'll see what happens. Hey, uh, you, Ryan Grigson, Ryan right? Grigson. Yeah. It hasn't, it hasn't been good, Jim. <laughs> Greg, thank you. That's anything goes. Eddie's in here. Got Pacer Hoopage. No miles, but Tyrese Halliburton's playing tonight against the Jazz. Thank you, James, for that. Stephen Holder, John McMullen, Jake Query, podcast 107.5thefan.com. All again with Jason Aldean tickets. We'll do it tomorrow at 3. Have a great night. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.